to address you and to talk about it and to shed a little more light now to bring it into context because I know based on uh, you give me a thumbs up once we are live on air how, how will you know do you have a radio tuned in who is going to get to know Hilda have you brought Polopolos can be a toy. so um Right now, there's so much happening on the earth, as you are aware. And uh, within what is happening globally, there is the panic and terror that has come in. The prophecies I gave that have been fulfilled thus now have created such a shaking upon the face of the earth people are terrified there is a terror for example for example um, the prophecy of the disease distress coming of Asia out of Asia we know too well that uh, and thank you for not writing just focusing on me so I can have a conversation with you we know so well that the, 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 the nations are terrified Yesterday and today, Japan has shut down all their schools and all public places, bars, disco, what, no gathering. Everything is shut down. The entire country is under lockdown. China has been going through this for some time now. If you begin from Wuhan, all across the other cities of China, and then it also caught them during the Chinese Lunar New Year feast. So there was so much that was disrupted. And there is a serious lockdown going on in many communities, many cities. Wuhan is still under lockdown. In Italy, it was up to 12 towns that are under lockdown. They brought the army. They even brought the army, the Italian army, to be able to enforce, to enforce the lockdown, to ensure that uh, people don't spread, don't don't come out, because it is quite uh, mysterious and enigmatic also, because it is said that even during the asymptomatic stage, asymptomatic, when the symptoms have not yet presented, there is still transmission. So which means it is being transmitted without even the recipients knowing. 
I mean, it's like someone walking in here is normal, talking with you the way he is, engaged with you, and then leaves. Only later, you find, oh, he was infected, and then he transmitted. Because if they display the symptoms, the clinical symptoms that have been classified now, then you are able to avoid. And then the persons themselves, the ones carrying this uh, uh, disease, the virus, can also self-quarantine. And so the complication comes in that transmission is going on even when you're not aware you're infected. You hear of cases, like in the U.S. there's a case when somebody was in the hospital, in the general ward with people, just as a sick person. Only later they found it was coronavirus and again now move, move out. So, you know, the prophecies I gave have shaken the earth. And out of that shaking, from the coronavirus, there is a state of terror. People are terrorized. Nations are in fear. They are stopping which countries, which nationalities not to come to their borders anymore. They can even say, Koreans cannot come, Japanese should not come, Chinese should not come. You read in the news. Even Israel, that is such a tourist nation, country, has now shut its doors. It's amazing. The, the whole picture, the graphic picture of this entire scenario is the picture of when the South Korean plane landed at Ben Gurion International Airport in Tel Aviv. Full. Those are hundreds and hundreds of people. And then the Israelis approach the plane and after there, Israelis in here because in the flight manifest we see that there are 12 Israelis in here said yes and they were all totally wooded and protected and they said only the Israelis come out shut the door of the plane send it back to South Korea so if there is any graphic dramatization of the distress the disease distress that I spoke about in the prophecy that is one of them the director of the Wuhan, one of the leading hospitals in Wuhan, died of it. I think in Iran, somebody help me with water for Professor Kasipoi. This is a surgeon. He is very busy. Maybe Coca-Cola also. And water. So, I think in Iran, the vice minister for health is infected and I think I saw one of the countries the prime, it should be the same Iran is it the prime minister also the deputy prime minister or someone vice vice president yes yes vice president of Iraq Iran Iran so the prophecies I have given if you take them one by one for example the one of this disease distress coming to the earth um, and I said, I located the distress coming from Asia. And this is a prophecy given five years away, 
2015. It's amazing. And the accuracy. When you hear me say that I've gone there and I've asked the doctors, I've spoken with them and they said, no, we need to a culture. We need to a culture. Meaning it's an unknown pathogen. Meaning it's a, it's a disease not known. We need to a culture. We need to culture it, find what type of disease is this? What type of virus is this? Five years away, the Lord is in the detail. And so, flights, flights have been shut down from coming to China. The U.S. are not flying to China anymore. What different airlines, Delta, who, they are not flying to China anymore. Kenya Airways stopped. Ethiopians stopped and so forth. So the disease distress. And then on the other hand, you look at the prophecy on the locust. The locust. What a tremendous prophecy. Because you see the manner in which the locust has come to fulfill the words of he that speaks with you today and now is very shocking. It's nothing short of biblical, biblical proportion. And if you see the little ones, some of the swarms now, they are 10 kilometers long and 5 kilometers wide. And in that entire spectrum, down here they are like a river. So you don't know how many billions of locusts those are. And so that's why I thought that today I should have a conversation with the church. To bring a little more light onto what is happening globally, to the world, to the earth. Because when you look at the happenings in Kisumu, in Kisumu, at the Kisumu December 22nd meeting, 2019, you see that the cloud of God comes, descends to visit he that speaks with you. Look, he's right there. But this is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. This is Yahweh. And then, shortly after that, then you have December 26th, when all this, the planets around our solar system obeyed my words, and they aligned themselves, even the sun, in order to block the sun from giving light to fulfill the words of my tongue. December 26th, the year 2019. And if I remember well, it must have been around 8th of December when I gave that prophecy. When I said, now strictly based on the words of my tongue, the sun will not give light on a special day. And yes indeed, it came around a special time when we are celebrating the coming of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus the Redeemer, the Savior. And then, so you see the cloud, and you see the plague of darkness. 
And then after that, shortly after that, you see the plague of locust. And after that, then he strikes the earth with the plague of disease prophesied five years ago. The coronavirus. So, when you put all that together, and the distress that has been caused, and then you sit back for a moment, and say, just a moment, what is happening to the earth? How did we get here? But if you try to look back from before the visitation of the cloud, right before, and move backwards, you hear he that speaks with you saying, Mexico, give me a reason why I should not judge you. You see him going to Santiago, Chile, the capital city of the nation of Chile, on a national, actually it's a global TV program, it's called uh, Puertas Abiertas, Puertas Abiertas in Spanish, which means open doors, and it's on TV and Televisión Nacional de Chile. So, you see him in that prophecy, telling them, I will shake you, I, I, I will shake you, I will shake you, I will shake you. And then within a short time, he shakes the country, destroys the country terribly. To the extent that the earth's axis moved. The power alone moved the earth's axis. And shortened time, time as you know it on the earth, by some microseconds, Permanently. In other words, the affected time, the shortened time on the earth eternally. He that speaks with you. That is Chile. And then, Haiti. I will shake you. I will shake you. Mexico. Give me a reason why I should not judge you. Within a short time, the whole nation struck. One of the schools collapsed with students and, and then the others who were now in the square within the school even failed to weep. It was unbelievable to cry. They were just stuck there. They're all their friends and colleagues and what, and the buildings collapsed with them. The boardroom upstairs, you saw. The buildings collapsing, gas lines exploding. <coughs> but you hear the Hebrew rabbis. I just want to give this introduction before I give the message. The Hebrew rabbis are meeting in Jerusalem. And they're having a big conference. And they're saying, we've been waiting for them. We've been waiting. They were specifically addressing themselves to one, the prophet of Malachi, the book of Malachi chapter 4. That we're waiting for him. We know that when he does come, they will come too. 
I don't know how that almost escaped the mind of the church. Because the church, it was as though it was surprised, was shocked that they came to. But they expected too. So in that conference, you hear them saying, you will soon see him with the other one going around the world judging the nations. And then, I mean, that's what they expected. But in this conference, they were saying that we have seen them. In this particular conference, they were saying we have seen them going around judging the unrepentant nations. But you can tell they were looking forward to that when they come, it's not a textbook phenomenon, it's not anything, it, you will see them. And you see them judging the nations, standing before the nations and say, saying to Mexico, give me a reason. Give me a reason why I should not judge you. Telling Chile, I will shake you. I will shake you. And the same to Haiti, Mount Everest, Andes Mountains, you know, until the tallest mountain, the highest, Mount Everest, is reduced by one meter. That is a lot of power and force. And so, and then you see them at Kakamega. I'm simply retracting back in this preamble, this introduction that I want to open up here so that we may engage tonight on what's happening globally now and the messaging system, the messaging. What is the Lord messaging to the church in all this? It's very easy to be caught up in the terror of the coronavirus and the locust. And you can see the locust now is unbelievable and many other plagues now have been spoken that are coming. It's very easy to be caught up in that terror of fear of the happenings, the plagues, and miss out on the message. And that's why today I thought it's very important before we have this tremendous feast here to simply sit down and talk to you and by extension talk to the nations. What is the message? What is God saying? Beyond the terror, we don't want coronavirus, don't want which plane to come to you and all this. But I'm saying that from before the cloud came, before December 22nd, as you retract backwards, then you meet that, these discussions I'm giving you here today. Give me a reason why I should not judge you. You meet that. You also meet Mexico's truck, Chile's truck, unrepentant nation's truck. And then you also meet Kakamega Rain. Standing before the nations in a broad sunny summer day and commanding heaven to open. And in less than a minute before even the translator could finish translating what had been said, wow, heaven opened, rain came down. And then, also, Njoro rain. So if you are talking about replicability, repeatability, to ensure it's established, it is in Njoro again. Then Eldamaravin again commands heaven to open. And then in Kisi, again, commands heaven to open. And then in Lagos, Nigeria, again, commands heaven open. And then in Lima, Peru, again, commands heaven open. Rain come down, those breezes he talked about, crystals of gold, and crystals and then gold from heaven. So you see the identification of a servant, the stripes of a servant. You see the one in Malachi. The one that would come 
the prophet of the rain, the one that was on Mount Carmel. You see him very conspicuously defined across the mission, the stripes of the ministration, the anointing and the works that he's doing. They surely bring him out. Commanding heaven to open and heaven obeys. The authority he has over heaven. His unrelenting stance against sin, rebuking sin and all this. You see all that there. Then there is more. I've not spoken. The cripples are being raised. The blind. Mama Rosa is resurrected. The doctor that certified her resurrection and death is here. And so, you see that stripe. But when the cloud comes, because that stripe is very dreadful then, striking the nations with earthquakes, striking them, the unrepentant nations, commanding heaven to open, rain comes down. You see the stripes very clearly. But when you navigate yourself towards December 22nd, 2019, then the cloud comes, then people are like, hey, just a moment, that cloud only comes to Moses. Yeah, that cloud only comes to Moses. Who is this? That cloud, even since the Bible was written, no, he only comes to Moses in the Old Testament. No, he has come. And then shortly after that, strike the earth with a plague of darkness. But only Moses does that. And then after that, again, strike with locusts. But only Moses did that. After that, strike coronavirus. Only Moses. And then you see that now he is introducing the second one. That's what you see very clearly. He's introducing the second one. Because you see the other one very conspicuous on the other side. And then as if when you come close to December 22nd, and that day dawns, comes, then all of a sudden, God himself, Yahweh, comes to his friends. Hey, but he only comes to Moses in this form. And then the plague of darkness... The whole earth, the plague of locust, a lot of nations, the coronavirus, then he threatened to shut down the whole earth. He's threatening to shut down the whole earth. And so, you see that now, when introducing the second one, is the one that's normally very much hidden, he doesn't show himself so much. Once in a while in the meetings, he allowed himself to be captured. And then, so you, you always knew that the other one is the one leading the mission. Because it says, and I will send you Elijah. But now, all of a sudden, it's as though the one that's always in the background has now stepped forward. is leading the mission from December 22nd. Make sure you catch for me this. You and that talk yesterday. So, now, while the other one strikes with earthquakes, strikes
strikes nations, dreadfully so, unrepentant nations. But this one now when he comes, he threatens to shut down the whole earth. He's almost worse. He's almost worse. He's actually like much more dreadful now. And I want to show one thing here also. That right from when he's about now to take the front position, the lead position for the mission, for him it's amazing because the person of God the Father, I see him from a distance. And when I look at him, I am afraid. I say, but that's the Lord. In the dream. And then all of a sudden, what he did, he timed. He timed so much. I'll, I'll do it on that side. I'll come there and do that, the same thing. He timed so much. So when I thought he was far, then all of a sudden I realized he was right there. He had drawn very close, like five or so meters away. And so when he approached five or so meters, then he now turned the person of God the Father. That guy even came live on air and said, I've seen the ancient of days. Look, then he turns. I won't give you any other details. Then he turns, because he, he caught up with him where he met him. So I'm like, that you. So I was just shocked. He was right here now. Because I thought he was far then. All of a sudden, he's now here. So he turns. And when he turns, he does this. He stops and he puts a lot of locust between himself and myself. And he does this. And he says, those who are here, I'll, I'll repeat it on that side so you can see exactly what he did. He did like this. The whole country. He did like this. The whole country. And then he did this. The whole country. The whole country. Because they touched you. Then he, okay, just focus on my eyes and focus on me instead of your emotional what? Because I'm going to have to do it on the other side also. The lot of locusts between himself and me, and then he did like this. The whole country. The whole country. Then, then looking at me, then he did this. As if I feel for you that they have done that. And they said, he did like this. The whole country. The whole country. Then he did like this. As if I feel for you, I can see you're still composed. Because they have touched you. Then he said, because they touched you. So, it's amazing to me that when the one that has always been in the, in the background takes lead, becomes the lead of the mission, then for him, the person of God the Father comes to speak with him face to face. Then you can see the difference. For him, comes to him directly and talks with him and tells him. Like in this case, he put the locust between himself and myself. And they said, the whole country, the whole country, then the whole country, because they have touched you. You see, so, you see now the difference then. But when he strikes, look at the devastation of locust. His judgments are almost unbearable, totally unbearable, more than the first one. I have to give you this introduction 
before we start the message. Because these are observations you ought to know. You ought to see. On your own. Okay, let me repeat it here. So, um, all of a sudden, is I don't know how to help you, but uh, over there, he meets him. And then he puts a lot of locust between himself and myself. Because first of all, he was far. Then I was very shocked he was right here. He arrived. Then he puts a lot of locusts between himself and myself. Then he does this. The whole country. The whole country. The whole country. Because they have touched you. Then he does this. As if I feel sorry for you that they have touched you. You know? And then the locusts come. The prophecy is fulfilled. But you see, what I was trying to bring forward here, it's as though his judgments are total unbearable. He's threatening to shut down the whole earth. Today, Japan, people didn't go to school. Everybody, all people locked into their houses. In China, large cities with millions, at 1.780 million people locked down. That's close to a billion people. I, are you going to share the two of you? Yes. Huh? Whichever you choose. Hmm? Hmm? So again, his judgments, when he takes the front lead, he becomes the mission lead, then his judgments are like unbearable. And so that's why I wanted today that we may begin to have a conversation on this matter. That with all the prophecies that are prophesied, that are now being fulfilled, what is the message? I know it's easy to be caught up in the terror, to be terrified. That oh, how about if the virus comes to Kenya? That means even this meeting will not take place. Nobody will go to church. There will be no assembly. There will be, there will be no worship. And you know the way the African systems are set up. You live in very close contact with one another. So you can imagine how many will be mowed down. And definitely the government will stop any meetings. Even gatherings like this will not take place. Even you will not come. You will not want to come. So you can imagine that his judgments, the one that has been in the background, when he takes lead, his judgments are unbearable. He's threatening to shut down the whole earth. Can you imagine what happened in Japan today? When they have shut down all schools, all public meetings, all nothing, everything, don't go to office, don't meet people. People are locked in. Can you imagine when that happens in a country? If that's a measure of the magnitude, the dreadfulness of his judgment, then it's as though his judgments are worse. Yeah, because the other earthquakes and so forth were terrible, terrifying. But now again here, but if at one time, the Asian tsunami, the first Asian tsunami, when he said, I use my rod to strike you, and then the first Asian tsunami took place. Those are so many nations together. You remember also in the Caribbean, I, now I strike you with the rod of Moses. And remember, so many nations lined up together, and then he crushed them at one go. It's as though his judgments are totally unbearable. And if you look at the Bible, the way he's being addressed, he says, no, don't worry. I won't send Lazarus. 
Because down there there are Moses and the prophets. So the Lord separates him as Moses and the prophets. You know, this other one represents the prophets. This other one is the highest prophet. But he separate Moses away from the prophets. He said, down there there are Moses and the prophets. You almost begin now to understand the ranking, the close proximity, the, the close um, ministry he is doing with the Lord. And the Lord separates him, even the, the relationship, the friends. That's now the friend of God. The one that calls God and God comes to him. God Yahweh. And so, in this introduction, Okay, I think I may have to stop this. So, can you bring some water so we, we, we disabuse the meeting? Can you use some students also there, whatever, to bring some water? Madam Chair, lady, can you organize that? Just a little bit, not so much. You don't want to miss this. So, it's amazing. His judgments are unbearable. And that's why I said, it's important now for me to come out so that now I can give a little light on everything that's going on globally. I said so. It's important. And uh, in this conversation today, I think I have to wait for the students to come. I don't want them to miss this. Thank you. Can you go off here?
the preamble, the introduction of this message here. That you see that the stripes of the other, and then beyond a certain point, it's as though another has taken front lead. And then he wants to ground the whole earth. It's as though he wants to shut down the entire earth. Even the stock markets are coming down. Everything, the effect is unbelievable. Hmm? Even the stock markets are coming down. And so now, that's the reason I thought it's important beyond the dread, the fear, the terror, it's important that I engage with you people and then try to bring out the messaging. What is the message God is relaying to the church, to the nations, to the world in all these happenings here? Now, I want you to understand one thing, blessed people. That when you look at the Bible, again, just be with me, please, if you don't mind, because I, I, I have a very long message, there's a celebration here, and it's going to take me so long if you don't move with me in this way. If you look at the Bible, the Bible in the book of Revelation, in the book of Revelation, the book of Revelation chapters 1, 2, and 3, you will find that there is a conversation there between the Lord and the church. The Lord is speaking with the church. He's instructing the church. He's telling the church things like, repent and remember your first love. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you don't, I'll come and pull the string. But whoever overcomes, I'll allow him to eat from the tree of life. Oh look, you're so lukewarm. I'll speak you. So there is a conversation on repentance going on in the book of Revelation. If you look at Revelation chapters 1, 2, and 3, you see as if the Lord is preparing the church. You see the Lord preparing the church through repentance. He's highlighting repentance, restoration, revival, renewal. The book of Revelation, chapters 1, 2, and 3. But when you move to the book of Revelation, chapter 4, then you find another scenario. Even from verse 1, I want to read it, and then I'll be able to bring you the scenario there, because you find he's talking about the throne of God, because he's already in heaven. But let's read it. The book of Revelation, chapter 4. I'm reading now. Revelation chapter 4. I'm reading from verse 1. You could read all through up to 11 if you wish. From verse 1 it says, After this I looked... Thank you. Okay, are you able to do like I did yesterday? So that you don't read and I read? Then it's easier for me to flow. Thank you. Yesterday it worked very well. Yes, when I said don't read your Bibles, let me read for you so we can make mileage. Instead of you looking for turning pages. So, the book of Revelation chapter 4. Again, I said Revelation 1, 2, 3 is preparing the church. Now, chapter 4. Look at what it says from verse 1. Chapter 4. He says, After this I looked and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, 
come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. So you see, all along in chapters 1, 2, 3, he has been conversation with him, conversationing with him regarding prepare the way. Repent. Prepare yourself. Restore. Go back to the cross. Remember your first love. Don't be lukewarm. Don't lose your fire. Chapters 1, 2, 3. But when you immediately move into chapter 4, then now you see, he says, come up here. Come up here. Now he moves him. The, the locations change. He moves him from the earth now to heaven. The door opens and he is now operating actually in heaven. And now the Lord speaks with him from heaven. I said, if there is anything in this scripture of chapter 4 that really prophesies the rapture, it is that one. Simulates the rapture, it is that one. Because all along, one, two, three, they are on the earth. Chapter 4, and then verse 1, right away, say, heaven open. They say, come up here. In the same way the church will be taken. So you see the prophecy of the rapture right there in your eyes. And then from that point on, all the conversation is inside heaven. Now they are conversationing from heaven. Again, and I heard the voice. He says, come up here. He says, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. So now, he's saying, beyond what we are discussing now here, Come up here and I show you what will now take place from this point on. In future. Just walk on me. Or walk with me rather on this. He's now saying, come I show you what must now take place in future. He was talking about now. Prepare now and so forth. Come and I'll show you what will take place in future. But he's in heaven. The venues have changed. The locations have changed. Are we together? Step by step. This is just introduction though. Then he says, And at once I was in the spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. Now he is describing the events inside heaven. And he is now describing the throne of God. So he is really inside heaven and he is before the throne. Are we together? And he says, And someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby. A rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones and seated on them were 24 elders. Remember, I'm very familiar with these thrones. Okay, the entire... Okay, thank you very much. So today is a very important day. Because this entire architecture, this entire location is where these two prophets have been operating. So I'm going to open up quite a bit. Because many times I've been to the throne of God. I've been to the throne room. Today I'm going to open There's so much he has been concealing, keeping out, without saying. Today I'm going to open up quite a bit. Like those who are here yesterday. So. And so, he's now inside heaven. And said, then he saw the throne. And the one that is seated on the throne. That is the Lord. That is Yahweh. Then he says, 
But he saw also 24 other thrones surrounding the throne. I am familiar with those thrones, the 24 thrones. Look at this now. At one time, the Lord even brings me between two specific thrones. And the glory of God covers everywhere. And in that case, the glory was up to this level here. But covers everywhere and then the glory that covers the throne. Between two thrones of the 24, two thrones. I could see all the 24. Then he brought me. He brings me between two thrones. And at that time again, he spoke with me when I was standing at that place. So I'm very, very aware of this position here that we're discussing today. Just follow me on this. I'm just sharing this because I want to bring you the message of what's happening on the earth today. Why is it happening? What is the message of the church? Beyond the terror of the virus, coronavirus, the locust, the unsightly, when the locust covered the tree total, people yelled, why? It was, it, it, it never escapes your, your, your mind, right? From that day on, you, you scratch, you, it's itching to see that. Beyond the terror of the locusts, the, the, the coronavirus, and all the plagues, the others that are coming, Remember the boils I've talked about? Which are worse. And that's why I'm walking you through this introduction here that I may reach a place of giving you the message of what's happening now and your instruction from the Lord. So, there is the throne and the 24 thrones and the 24 elders seated on them, right? So now he's describing events in heaven and he's going to be told what is about to happen from this point on, right? Then he says, again still Revelation chapter 4, he says, Surrounding the thrones were 24 elders, 24 other thrones, and sitting on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came forth flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. In front of the throne were seven lamps that were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. Now look at the, the next thing which is important right there. In the center, around the throne, were four living creatures. They were covered with eyes in front and in back. The four living creatures, the, 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 the first living creature was like a lion. The second one like an ox. The third had a face like a man. The fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had wings and was covered with eyes all around under his wings. This is amazing. He's now describing the throne of God, right? And when he describes the throne, he talks about the 24 other thrones. The 24 elders. And now he says they are dressed in white and they have crowns of gold. Surrounding the main throne. Then now he introduces you to the full living creatures that are inside the throne of God. The four living creatures that are inside the throne of God. That's now God. That's tremendous. That's the most inside part of the throne of God you can get. That's the most inner 
place of the throne of God you can get. Where now reach the four living creatures. And he that speaks with you here has a very tight relationship with those four living creatures. I think today, I'll open up a little bit that you may understand who is talking to you. The mission that these two prophets have, the mission that I have, the mission that is currently ongoing on the earth, is very tight, very tightly connected, riveted, onto these four living creatures at the throne of God. Those of you who are in the ministry earlier, probably you are already aware. But I want to say this anyhow. The four living creatures are the, are the most, that's the most inside part of the throne of God you can get. But, he that speaks with you has a very tight relationship on this mission. This mission is very tightly related to the, to the, the four living creatures, the, the instructioning and everything, the command. Of this mission. In fact, okay, sometimes there's nothing to write on this just to listen and, and catch some of these wonders of God. I have a very, on this mission, I have a very tight relationship with those four living creatures. And that is the most inside part of the throne of God you can ever get to. Today I want to explain to you what you see happening globally in the message to the church. And to the nations. And you will realize that the mission that I have on the earth today is directly instructed by these four living creatures. The four living creatures. And it says, the first one. Is like a lion. You read it. The second one, like an ox. The third one, it says, a face like man. And the fourth one, like the flying eagle. Can I give you some? The team I talked to yesterday, I, I divulged to them some inner secrets of God. Yesterday. What you don't see written in the Bible. Only left for revelation. Can I do that today also? Listen to this now. The first one is like a lion. And that lion has wings. You see that now? Now I can now give you, I'm talking about now the dynamic, the cascade of standing before the throne of God now. After the scripture has described them, then I'm talking about the cascade of standing before the throne of God. And then now seeing them. Do you remember the black horse also? With glorious wings. No, that's now left only when you get to the throne you can see. That lion has wings. I don't know why Benham is writing all this. Is this teachable? <laughs> and then, the second one like an ox. 
third one, let me divulge again. The third one is actually also like an ox, except that that ox has a huge human head and very super glorious head. Now you see, you didn't know that. You did not know that. For me, I know. Because do you remember the prophecy of the release of the four horsemen of the apocalypse? Each one of them, before they were released, the Lord always brought me faithfully to stand before His throne. And when I stood before His throne, then the Lamb broke the seal and the corresponding living creature inside the throne came to me. And once the Lord was aware that I've identified which particular creature this is, then he, I told you, that is God. That's now the innermost place ever you can get. And then, now that living creature went back and he released the corresponding horsemen. Does anybody remember those prophecies I gave when, the, when I gave the prophecy of the release of the four horsemen of the apocalypse? Now you can understand that the mission of these two prophets is directly tied to those four living creatures. And you can also imagine that is now the most inside part of the throne of God you can get. So the tragedy for this world is that these two prophets actually are operating from inside the throne of God. That's the tragedy. And relating directly with God in that form in other words, they have gone there and mixed up with God. And then come back to you and fit here and drink Coca-Cola with you and laugh with you. That is where the tragedy for this generation is. You cannot dare touch. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt real big. It will hurt you real big. That is now the tragedy. That is the tragedy. That they can really go and mingle with God inside the most inner part of the throne like this. And with those four living creatures coming and fellowshipping with them and speaking with them. And then the horsemen coming, which I'm going to open up here a little bit. That you may understand what's happening on the earth today. And then come back later and mix with you, laugh with you. And the human flesh is all over here. We'll start black men. You start to paint them. You start to, to malice them. Then that is the tragedy. That's the def- definition of the tragedy of this age. You can imagine how deep, again, to go that deep inside where, no, they say Rafim cannot look the direction. But to enter deep into the throne position, that's the innermost part, and then interact with God like that, in the inside part of the holiest part of the throne, and even commune with these four living creatures, speak with them, and they give instruction after that, then come back to man, mortal man with flesh, who are most likely going to laugh, blackmail, going to slander, defame, they'll do do anything, the flesh. Then that defines the tragedy of this age. For the Lord to really bring them from inside there, 
And now you begin to understand the mission is tight, tightly instructed by these four living creatures, by that interaction, that fellowship, that instructioning going on inside there, in the innermost part of the throne. And then come back and nicely blend with this world and fit in. Then that is the problem. Because if they, were, they had been separated, then at least they would be from a distance, they just give instruction. But to mingle with you, now walk with you, eat together, laugh together. Now that would be a problem. That's a big one, right? Because you're going to commit one error that is unforgivable, irretrievable. You can now tell. You can tell those who have ever blackmailed them, you can imagine. You can imagine. You can imagine what awaits them. So you can imagine even the detail I've given you. The inner detail now that was left for you one day when you get to heaven, then you'll see. That actually the third living creature is also like an ox, except that he has a huge human head and very holy and has lines, serious, also very serious face that has lines. These lines when you frown your face like this. And he has hoofs of an ox and is walking there. I, excuse me. Because it's very easy for them to minister here, mingle with you, even some women try to lust at them. It's very easy. Oh no, that would be unforgivable. That, that would be the red line. Or to slander them, blackmail them. He that speaks with you. With the human flesh. But to come and mingle with you, that is the tragedy. So anyhow, let's advance the message. Now you see, Revelation chapters 1, 2, 3 is preparing the church for rapture. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, emulates, it simulates the rapture of the church. Chapter 4, verse 1. And then when we read further, he's now talking about the throne of God. But we are looking forward to one thing that he has said. Come up here, let me show you what's about to happen. So that we are then able to understand what's happening to the earth. Are we together? Where the coronavirus? Where the shutting down? Hey, almost shut down the whole earth. I mean, their nations shut down. People don't go to school. In Hong Kong yesterday, they shut down everything. Even children remained at school and at home. They were trying to communicate with their teachers through, through, through the, 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 the laptops, the computers yesterday. Italy shut down the northern part with all this happening. And now it looks like almost every country has picked the virus. Which means now the stage is set to shut down the earth. And you know, if there's any message for not worshipping, there you go. To shut down worship. So that we may understand what's happened to the earth now. As I said, it's important I have this conversation. We can have the meals later, even however late it is. This is home. But I'm saying it's important that I begin to talk about this happening on the earth. Right? Are we ready? And he goes on to say, still on chapter 4, Revelation chapter 4, I'm reading, and he goes on to say, that these are the seven spirits that, of God. In front of the throne was look, what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal, and then he describes, in the center, around the throne, were for in the center, you understood? In the center of the throne. Can I introduce this further? Right? Let me do so. In the center, around the throne, were four living creatures. They were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. 
the second like an ox, the third with a face like man. Now you understand the third is also like an ox, but has a human head, a huge human head, and is and frowned and super glorious face. I have spoken with each of them, that's why I'm talking to you like this. And the fourth one like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures gave glory, whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever, and ever, the twenty-four elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. So he's saying it is by his will that really you live, everybody lives. Everything is created, created, right? And then now you move to Revelation chapter 5. So you see now, the location moved, they moved into heaven now, which I said is what portends, the points, projects the rapture that's coming, but now the location is in heaven. Now the conversation is inside. He's talking about the throne. Now I'm moving closer to our message of this day. Then now Revelation chapter 5, you're going to meet a scroll, right? Are we together? That you may understand what's happening on the earth today. Everybody still on board? Amen. It says, the scroll and the lamp. So Revelation chapter 5, he says, Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writings on both sides and sealed with seven seals. Look at that now. Now when you go to chapter 5, then now you meet the scroll. Whom do you meet? You meet the one that sits on the throne, the Lord Yahweh. You meet the Lord of Lords, the Lord of Hosts, seated on the throne. And when he's seated on the throne, you realize now that in his right hand he's holding a scroll. So now he's introducing a scroll. What is a scroll then? I mean just to bring you up to base, to, to, to update you. Scrolls were associated with the prophets. They wrote scrolls. Scrolls were instruments of the prophets. They wrote their oracles in scrolls. But, but you hear this scroll is written both sides. The outer and the inner. This particular scroll in heaven. I have seen this scroll. In fact, I have touched this scroll. So today I can come up a little greater for you people. Because of the happenings on the earth and because of what's about to happen to the earth. Now, was there any water left here? Can you give Professor Njagi and Professor Ambula and Professor... They have, they have. Thank you, they do. They do. Now, the scrolls were connected, associated with the prophets, because that's where they wrote their oracles. The whole
holy oracles of God, what they wrote, were written on scrolls, in scrolls. And the scrolls are normally rolled because of distant space also. Some of them were made of papyrus and many other bark of trees and name it. But listen this now. The scrolls often had seals, which is what we're going to see. The scrolls. But there were documents that the prophets used. They, they wrote their oracles. The oracles of God. The holy oracles of God. They, were, they wrote them inside the scrolls. And they were rolled. In fact, even the Torah. The Torah, most of the Torahs are still as scrolls. That's why you need some strong young men to roll and roll to reach the book that you want. Anybody heard of the Dead Sea Scrolls? Thank you. Laban, your seat is here. Thank you. So, like the Dead Sea Scrolls. My son Laban, come and sit. You're the one who built this place, you know. And we're live on radio. But we are free people. Thank you. So now, he now introduces a scroll when it comes to chapter 5. All on this journey to reach what is happening on the earth today and define it to you and give you the instruction. Are we together? He says, again I'm reading, Revelation chapter 5, he says, then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne, that is Jehovah Yahweh, a scroll with writings on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? He asked. But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. Can you imagine? Not even just opening alone, but even to look inside it. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, rise the David in Zion, the root of David has triumphed. So don't weep. Wangeshi. You are the one who normally blesses the Lord with the Vigelegele when we reach this stage, Wangeshi. Because you, you honor the Lord. Hmm? He says, then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and his seven seals. And then he says, and, and then he says, Then I saw, then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. Just a moment. So now, we are again at the throne, right? We are still at the throne. And now, the Lord of hosts, seated on the throne. 
Thank you, Tangara, for putting your leg down. Seated on the throne is the Lord of hosts, Jehovah Yahweh. And then, in his right hand is a scroll with seven seals. And then the angel, a mighty angel, got up and proclaimed. He asked, who is it that is worthy to take the scroll and break his seals? And open the scroll. And he said, they looked up there above the heavens, into the heavens, under the heavens, on the earth, under the earth, under the seas, and they found none. And then when there was a lot of grief and fear, the expression of emotions, probably this one of the only cases in time in heaven when emotions are expressed. Emotion. Emotions. Now expressing emotions inside heaven. Then began to weep and weep. Then one of the elders stood up and said, no, don't do that. Don't. Not here. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, he has triumphed. Then he says, he has triumphed and is now able to take the scroll and break his seals and open it. So when he says so, it's amazing. It's amazing that in all this, the Lord was trying to exalt, to dramatize, to demonstrate, to illustrate to you the superiority and the supremacy of the Lamb of God. The supremacy of the Messiah in all that. Meaning nobody above the heavens, nobody under the heavens, nobody on the earth, no, none is found. That none is worthy enough to take the scroll from the hand of God and break it, break the seals and open it. All that was an illustration to you on just how lofty the supremacy and the superiority of the Messiah, the glorious Lamb of God. But he's saying that this Lamb is at the center of the throne. Did you realize that? At the center of the throne. Again, I read it here for you. I don't have much time to do this. I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures, remember? And the twenty-four elders. And the lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent into all the earth. So, as you can imagine, the lamb seven horns, seven eyes. Seven eyes talks about omnipresence, uh, omniscience. That, that the highest level of which seven is the completion of God's perfection. Like seven, rather, for eyes, seven eyes meaning he sees everything at all times, anywhere, any minute, any second. He sees everything. Seven, like I said, is the perfection, is God's perfection. 
And in this case, the seven eyes talk, talk about his ability to see everything. He sees everything at the same time. All the time, every second, 24-7. So it talks about really his omnipresence and omniscience. All-knowing. The highest level of wisdom, the seven eyes. Highest level of brilliance, of intelligence. Highest level of understanding. The seven eyes. But the seven horns, you know the horns are the authority, the strength and the power. So it talks about the perfection of God's power, the perfection of God's strength, the perfection of God's authority that the Messiah beholds and nobody else has like that. That's what he's trying to say here. Are we together? Mark Hector, Ndege ilianguka, kutoka juna nyinyi, mukagonga chini, you will not die. You cannot. You cannot die. Come, my son. Come alone. Come and kneel down here with. Pole, pole, don't knock. Yeah. Which is the next vehicle? I need to get going. I've laid the Lord's hand on you and decreed the blood of Jesus over you and blessings and the eternal life in the kingdom of God. And today I place 20 full baskets before you to serve the Lord who saved you who kept you and preserved you to continue his mission. In the mighty name of Jesus, Amen. Ndege, ilianguka kutoka juu hewani. Na yeye, leo asboi. Ika piga chini. Akatoka kauliza, iko matatu wapizea niyaba hivi yeko. I need to get going. Yes, I need to go. I gotta go. I gotta go. You will live and live. And he said now eternal life. Thank you my son. Amazing. Hata mkona javunjika. Hata mgu. Not even a sign. Walianguka kutoka hewan na ndege. When I was asking. Mike I think was the one asking. I was talking about how the plane almost hit the ocean. And I was asking my daughter Anjeri. Do you still want to fly? Then she was not shocked. She was still showing a dry face. I said, what is wrong with these people? We even talked about it, you prayed. We said, these people... He's saying... She's saying, no. Kwani kwa nini wawo jakufa? Yo ni uongo yako. Me, I still want to fly. But now you can see that they fall from heaven also. And they hit the ground. Can you imagine? This is a wonder today. A very big wonder. This is a very big wonder. This is, we are going to celebrate this very big tonight. Hey, we need to celebrate sour sour. Ata kama tutatuma ma drivers wa ende wa lale tu. Sisi tubaki kutukisherekea. 
No, this is very big. This one, this one is too big. This is a wonder. A wonder has happened today. It is not possible. Let, let me tell you, they always count them for 100% fatality. The plane crashes. Akamuka, he has no scratch this morning. And, uh, they just asked, is there a matter to you? I need to get going. Yeah. No, ingekuwa my daughter Angeli angesema ameiwacha. Sasa ameiwataki ataka hata kuona na macho sasa ndege. Hata aende tunapunda ataenda na punda. <laughs> because I already warned that the ndege zinaua watu. Akasema hapana nataka tu kuenda bado. Mm. And then I put them to a plane to Mombasa, right? Yes. Kumbe zinaanguka. Kutoka juu. Na ni chuma. Na inatuanga udongo pana kulipuka. Na kuwa watu. You try to tell people like Margaret Kamau, your fees, your fees for next year. It has been paid fully. Is that, uh, uh, fees, uh, 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 that, that one, uh, that's also good. <laughs> they only want flight ticket. Kumbe inaua watu. Inaua. Zinaanguka, zinagonga udongo. Na kulipuka. Na kuchoma kila, ile maiti mebaku wanachoma. Can we sit down? <laughs> no, so, so now, you, you, you know that later on, because of time, you're going to release your drivers. Tell them to go rest. Because you know we are late. I need to give this message, and there's a feast here. So it might go late. So if you have drivers, if you think you have other things to do, you just leave and go. For us, we will celebrate the life of this young man. Yes, and also, we'll celebrate the visitation of the cloud of God, who is now defending his own, his own. Mm. Mm. So now, that is it. So make, I don't want to hear that you drive Akulala Vizuri. I don't want to hear. You send them. I love us, Bwim Nandok. Mapema tu wanaenda wanapumzika. Sindio? So now, Chapter 5 still. He's talking about the scroll. Hmm? And he says, so like I said, scrolls contained, it was a documentation. That is how the prophets stored their records. Those are public records. And the seals they had were meant to preserve them, to keep the content. And also, Scrolls were covenant documents. So anyhow, we'll see as we begin to move into that area, right? Hallelujah. And it says now, the scroll of God. He said, I saw a lamb looking as though he had been slain and standing in the center of the throne encircled by four living creatures and the elders. The lamb I saw had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. So I just wanted to mention this here. That in that 
landmark prophecy of 2nd of April 2004, which really became a very big prophecy that has continued changing the world to date. In that prophecy, um, standing, look now, standing before the throne of God, and the mountain of glory covering the throne of God. You know the narrative, right? I've said this severally, right? Globally. So you know the narrative. The mountain of glory covering the throne of God, right? And then on the right hand side here is the moon swathed with blood. And then a white glorious horse leaves and runs towards the moon like this, but does not go to the moon and just runs across like this. Super glorious horse. And then John the Baptist appears. And then from the throne position, he that is seated on the throne makes me aware he is seated on the throne. And that the lamb is also seated on the throne, on his throne. And then, you remember in that conversation, the events in Israel that you see, I think in the next five or so days or three days I have election again, this same prophecy rolling out. Events in Israel and so forth, right? Are we together? And then, now, at one point after having this conversation with John the Baptist, at one point, I am walking inside the throne. I am walking inside the throne. Thank you for not writing because these are unwritable. You can't even preach it. I am walking inside the throne of God. Inside the throne. And that's why I'm able to see the following. I can share like I did to those I met yesterday, Tabitha and the team. Then I'm able to see the Lamb seated on this tremendous glorious throne. And he was so glorious. And then, because he was facing me and I was facing towards him, then he stretches his neck towards his left. Does this to see me. And then I'm able to see that he has been slain and blood is pouring over his chest like this. The glorious glory that covers him around his chest. The blood was now flowing over there. But the seat, the throne seat was too glorious. I cannot describe it by the way. I still see it even now as I speak. And I remember now I give more like I did yesterday. Divulge a little more. Because of the time we're in. Then I'm able to see the knife that slaughtered him. So the cross was not a joke. There is so much that is concealed. I'm able now to see the knife that slaughtered him. That's now when I'm inside, inside the throne now. Remember I was was standing with John the Baptist out before the throne, right? Are we together? Now I'm inside, when I walked inside here. And I'm also able to see at that position now, down there, locked, I see the bars. That's why I saw the knife. The knife that slaughtered him. Then I saw the bars that of the door. Now the door that he locked down there. So there's so much in that conversation that I've not shared. But today I think it's time to start bringing out much more. The, 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 the bars, the door that has bars that he locked down there when he was slaughtered. I'm also able to see where he was slaughtered. But I see that his neck is like he has been slaughtered and the blood is flowing over his chest, the glorious chest. So the cross is not a joke. 
there's more to the cross than you know. But I'm saying, the lamb at the center of the throne. That's the message I wanted to bring. And so, it's amazing. The throne of God, the lamb, the supremacy of the lamb, the superiority of the lamb, is like that he is the one at the center of the throne. I just want to introduce you to the gravity of these things. Listen to this now. Listen to this. And he says, And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense. Those are like prayers of the saints. Which are the prayers of God's people? There you go. Verse 9, and they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain with your blood you purchased for God all persons from every tribe and language and peoples and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. Did you get the message? Did you get the message? The lamb at the center of the throne. Now, the 24 elders, 24 thrones, 24 thrones are encircling the lamb at the center of the throne of God. The lamb is at the center of the throne of God. And the 24 elders encircle. And then inside now, the inner part, the four living creatures are encircling the lamb. And then, when he takes the scroll, then they worship him in this order. How superior is the lamb then? Are you beginning to understand? Very superior. The superiority of the lamb, the lamb of God. And then now, over there, he has taken the scroll. They have all gone down and worshipped him and praised him for purchasing all peoples, all nations, all tribes, languages, all of them he has purchased for our God. To worship him, praise him and be priests. Serve him. Priests in his house. Priests of God, right? So you can almost see the dramatization of the superiority and the supremacy of the Lamb of God. He is the one at the center of the throne of God. I. And he says here, he goes on to say then, then I looked and heard, and then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousands times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were singing, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Thank you, Angesha. I bless you eternally. Angesha. So you see now the Lamb is at the center of the throne. As we are navigating closer to this message. You see the lamp at the center of the throne and just immediate around him are the four living creatures. And then on the outer perimeter are now the twenty-four elders. The innermost part of the throne of God where I have been. And quite
quite a few times because of this mission, as you're going to see, commanded, directly governed, navigated from there, even the interaction with the four living creatures. For me now to give you more detail about them, to tell you that actually the lion has wings, to tell you that actually the third living creature is also like the second, is an ox, except that he has a huge human head. And, the, and lions, the frowning of the seriousness. When when you frown like this of seriousness, that's, his face is very serious and too holy. And he comes to me, and we have a conversation, which we're going to see very shortly, right? That's now the inside most part of the throne of God, and the Lamb is at the center. Then he says, "Then I had every creature in heaven and on earth, and under the earth, and on the sea." And all that is in them Saying to him who sits on the throne And to the Lamb Be praise and honor And glory and power Forever and ever And then he says Then he says that the four living creatures said The four living creatures said Amen And the elders fell down And worshipped And then now Right away that throws us straight into chapter 6. So now we've seen the scroll. And we've been very chronological because I know we have new people here. We have new bishops here. But I think even you needed these things. Even you needed this. Because of what's happening on the earth. I need to come out openly now and explain to you what is the message of the coronavirus the message of the locust, the message of the plague of boils coming, the plague of the frogs, plague of darkness that has taken place and greater is coming. All these plagues that are prophesied. What is the message? Now we have moved to chapter 6 where there is the seals. Are we together? Then he says, I watched as the lamb. Remember, the lamb is now holding the scroll. Thank you, Macharia, for sitting here. I know the radio is hearing. Your mom, the only student, she's hearing me saying thank you to you for sitting here. Yes, so, working at Eva there, your sister's the hearing. But, thank you for sitting here because I may not repeat this message. It's important to take it. Food, you people can cook later. The celebration can go on up to five in the morning. Drivers can retire at 7 p.m. But we, we, we need to hear this. Why the coronavirus, the distress, disease distress, the terror, the, the global terror, the world is terrorized by this, this disease. And the locust also is unsightly, is, is massive. It's going to get worse. So what's the message? So before we begin the message, so now we're going to Revelation chapter 6, right? And that's where the message begins from, right? Are we together? It says, verse 1. The lamp, of course, is holding the scroll at this point, right? Now look at this now. I watched as the lamp opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come! In fact, it should be come and see. Come! I looked and there before me was a white horse. Let me repeat it again because we are entering new territory now for you. Let me just repeat so you see the different elements important there. Right? It says the following. Verse 1, Revelation chapter 6. I watched as the lamp opened the first of the seven seals. The first one of the seven. Then I heard one of the four living creatures. Do you hear them now? Then you are going to understand the mission of these two prophets. 
It's tremendous, unbelievable. You're going to now today understand. I know I've said it before, but today, even with the happenings on the earth, there's more light. You can now understand better. Then, again, I watched. I watched as the lamp opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come! I looked and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow and he was given a crown and he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. So what is the message of the coronavirus? And the locust and the plagues. Can I move on? He say that now the lamb that is holding the scroll now begins to break the seals of the scroll owing to his merit. He is the bona fide owner authorized to open the seals. Let me just mention this for a moment. If you look up the seals in the Old Testament or in the Bible, the scrolls and the seals, I said that the scrolls were the documents upon which, in which the prophets wrote the oracles, the holy, holy oracles of God. Their writings were in scrolls. And because there were covenants there, there were prophecies there, those scrolls used to be sealed with seals. The seals ensured preservation also. To preserve, not to be damaged. Focus on me now. And then he says, that those seals, because the, the scroll was more of a legal document. It was a lawful document, a legal document. They put in the oracles of God, the writings, the covenants, the binding things there. They were covenant documents. Because of the, 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 pres, the description, the prescription of the covenant were in there. So they were sealed at the end of it. If you did a covenant to somebody, you wrote and then you sealed but who is it that was worthy to open the seals of the scroll? Only those authorized, only authorized persons were allowed to open the seals of the scrolls. Only authorized persons. In fact, to the extent that if a non-authorized person opened, he would be executed, he would be killed. Did you understand the significance of the search that took place in heaven? Because they have to find the authorized person, the royal authority that is able to take this royal scroll and break the even to take it and break the seals. And after breaking the seals, now to be able then even to look inside and then of course read the content at that point in time. Right? Are we together? Oh yes. This has to come out very clearly. And so now, even in the kingdom of heaven now, now we are seeing, if you have time to read about seals, maybe go to the book of Nehemiah, you can read those seals. I think there's one, Nehemiah chapter 10 verse 1, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, and so forth. I think one is Isaiah 18, or somewhere, 18, 16 or something. But look at this now. I'm saying that now the royal scroll inside heaven, the one in heaven now, now, the bona fide owner, the one who is authorized, by the law in heaven, by God, has now held the scroll in his hand. He has taken it. 
And then now we see that he begins to break the seals. Meaning, he's the one who is authorized to break as we've seen. And now he's doing the work of the breaking of the seals, right? Is that not where we are at? But when he breaks the first seal, where are we now? Everybody on me now. When he breaks the first seal, what do you see? Then he hears the first living creature. He says, come. And when he does say come, then you see now, the first horseman of the apocalypse, the rider of the white horse, comes out. Those, I know there are many new people here, and I know those of you who have been here for many years, you still have, it's been a long time since I worked on the prophecy of the release of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So let me just do it like you don't know. Right? Each one of these horsemen of the apocalypse, you can tell, out of the seven seals, we are now focusing on the first four. You can tell. Because I want to come to the coronavirus and the locust and all these things happening on the globe, on the earth. So that I may explain to you the message the Lord is giving to you, the church, and the nations. Other than being locked, apart from being locked into the terror of the coronavirus, the fear of uh, people from uh, South Korea coming to you, Japan coming to Israel, or the fear of Italians going to Israel, or whatever, all this you see in the news. Apart from that terror, the distress caused by the disease. But what is the message to the church? This is what we are looking at, right? Are we together? And so now, you see very clearly that when it does open the first of the seven seals, the seven, in other words, we are focusing on the four because the prophecy I gave then was the prophecy of the release of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Each one of them. I still remember too well, even the third horseman, when I was going to the Nakuru Girls High School grounds on August 23rd Saturday, August 24th Sunday, 2008. And after I gave that prophecy, within three weeks, the global financial markets crashed all of them. All of, the, all of them crashed from New York through to London, Shanghai, Frankfurt, France, where, London, everything crashed. You are so much aware about the, about the global economic crisis. And I'll tell you what that means. And then I'll soon talk to you about the beginnings of birth pain. Just wait, step by step. Allow me to go through step by step. So you may understand the message the Lord is bringing to you. Now, are we together? Is anybody learning a thing or two? Thank you. He's saying, that when he just gets into Revelation chapter 6, the first verse, then he says, Now the Lamb does his duty, his bona fide duty. He says, And the Lamb now breaks the first of the seven seals. And when he breaks the seal, then what do you see? He says, Then the first living creature. You all remember? Like a lion. Hey, we're together, right? Like a lion comes out, and he says, come. And then, a horseman comes out. A horse comes out with a rider. It is a white horse. And he says, he has a bow in his hands. And he is given a crown. And he rides out as a conqueror bent on conquest. Meaning, as he goes out, he is not ready to take anything less than victory. He is not ready to take anything except victory alone. Victory and victory alone. Nothing else. 
You cannot negotiate with him on that. But my question is, how is he going to achieve his victory when he's riding out with a bow and I don't see his arrows? Let me begin here then. Why the crown? Because I want now to define who is this horseman and what is the message of the coronavirus, virus, locust and the cloud. All these you see definitely have identified to you the messenger. Definitely. Is there a child here? You know the one and only that is visited by the cloud of God. You know the one and only that strikes with locusts. The plague of locust strikes with the plague of, uh, of, of, of darkness, the plague of flies, the plague of uh, disease, you know, boils and all this. There's no question about that. But who is this rider of the white horse that we may understand the message God is relaying to the earth? Because he's saying the following that look, that he comes out, he's on a white horse. He rides a white horse. And he has a bow, but we don't see the arrows. He has no arrows. And yet, he has a crown. The crown talks about his claim to authority. The claim talks, the crown, the crown talks about his claim to majesty. He's saying, I am a king. The crown talks about his claim to dominion. His claim to reign, to a reign. Reignship. The crown. And the bow, the bow normally, normally when you see somebody stand before you, let's say he holds a spear. Okay, even if he does not hold a spear, but he holds a bow, stand like this. The bow talks about his authority. Whatever I do, I can stop it like this. The bow. The bow talks about a fighter. His authority. Are we moving on together? So who is this then? Who is this? Because it says, he is riding the white horse. And he's coming out to conquer, nothing less. Riding out as a conqueror, bent on conquest. The lamb has broken the first seal. Look at this now. Let me come back now to the situation, the, the real situation in the fullness of time before the throne of God. When this was happening, when the Lord brought me before the throne of God, look at this now. The lamb of God at the center of the throne did take the scroll and he broke the first seal. And when he broke the first seal, as the Lord took me there, standing before the throne, then the first living creature came out. After he spoke with me, then the rider of the white horse came out. That is how I was able to give this prophecy, to talk about it. The first horseman of the apocalypse. Oh yes. And then, so he comes out to conquer. And he's not ready to take anything except victory. Conquest. Conqueror. In other words, a conqueror. Can I read something a little bit here for him then? It will open more light for you here. Okay, let's get the book of Revelation chapter 19. I will find it for you. 
he says here, verse 11, he says, I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, and his rider is called Faithful and True, with justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no man knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe deep in blood. His name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven are following him, riding in white horses, dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which he slays down the nations, striking them, and he rules them with an iron scepter, and he kills the wine press of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Did you understand? So there is another white horseman who is faithful and true. And he says, this is the Messiah. His name is the Word of God. So who then, I'm going back now to chapter 6. Who then is this one in chapter 6? Who is this? I've taught this before, but I'm just doing so for all because there are new bishops in the place. This rider of the white horse, who is he? He he has a bow, he has no arrows. And he says, don't worry, I'm going to do what? I'm going to win. Okay, can I share with you, um, because we are tuned live on radio, so right, I will say, say this because I did it yesterday. Can I share this? You can imagine if there's somebody in your village, you're in a village that you know. And there's a time for plowing. When everybody goes out at four in the morning with their cattle, then you hey, whoosh, whoosh, they do whoosh. somebody can do it probably better. It's a whoosh, like that, like that. Hey, son of so and so they are plowing and they are singing their fathers at four AM in the morning. The plowing time. They are with the with the bulls, the, the the oxen, they are plowing at four a.m. in the morning. People are waking up. They're working. Children are working before they go prepare and go to school in the morning. Yes, people are plowing. It's plowing time. And yet, there's somebody probably in that village who only wakes up at ten o'clock in the morning. These ones already went to plow, came back. Children washed themselves, went to school. But now, this one here, he says, even him, he will eat food. He's going to succeed. But he's not plowing. He does not have equipment. A hole. He does not wake up at four in the morning. But normally you find that 10 o'clock he has arrived, or 11 like this, he has arrived in the home. Oh, how are you guys doing? Ah... Oh. Outside there, I haven't seen much. It's it's just rain. It kind of came with a warm wind, but again disappeared. Then he sits down. He begins to conversation. Or maybe people go to the lake very early at 3 a.m. to fish, take fish. Him is asleep. When they arrive at the shore of the lake, Nine o'clock like this, you find him there with a the newspaper. He knows what to buy. And he has read it and gathered the news. <laughs> so when people come, oh, 
Peter, we have just arrived from the lake. He will ask them, how was the lake? They, they, oh, busy, very busy. You know, they bring fish they want to sell now to the people that Comboa, what, what, buy. Eh? People are waiting. So, w- welcome back to the land. <laughs> Please, don't, just hold it a moment. Let's say, up here things are not easy. Look what I'm carrying, this newspaper. Eh? <laughs> He's creating a demand for himself. But you may need him. <laughs> and then he sits down after you've sold the fish. You say, ah, oh. he gives you a good story that was written in this paper. He can say things, he can say popular things on. I don't want to mention because we're live on air, you know. I don't want to mention popular things that are going on. <laughs> you can mention a, a popular name like BBI or something like that. <laughs> so people will sit around him to listen. He said, say, can I borrow your paper and read? So you see now he's on demand. So normally once in a while they toss him two big fishes or one something small. So he also goes home with it. But he has not woken up at 2 a.m. to go to the lake. Okay. On this other side, he has not woken up at 4 a.m. to go plow but he's sitting there. Oh, He's saying, I tell you, our side there is so and so son that came back from Nairobi. <laughs> so people gather around him, you know, his opinion leader. Or he says the chief, yesterday the chief called me so and so forth with his wife. You know, the two of us as senior elders in the area, we sit in the chief's council, so he called us to... So he has this kind of news. And he does not go to plow. <laughs> and he's eating well. <laughs> if he comes to your home, he will have the porridge of 10 o'clock, the lunch of 3 o'clock. And in the evening, when he's leaving, you will actually be telling him, please don't leave. You know? <laughs> Did you understand? He has no arrows. But he's saying he must still win. <laughs> he must also win. <laughs> Did you understand now? The synonym I've drawn for you. It brings the point home, right? Yeah. Who is this then? Because now I've read for you Revelation chapter 19. You've seen the Messiah riding on a white horse. And this one is also on a horse, white one. And he wants to, to mimic the Messiah. Do you understand? Counterfeit him. And he's coming with a bow, and he has one crown. The Messiah has many crowns. And then he's saying he also must win. He must win. He must. He cannot take anything less. Huh? His name is deception. But actually, this is the Antichrist. This one is the Antichrist. And there's a reason I'm speaking to you at this time, because of what's happening globally. This one is the Antichrist. And he comes with deception as we're going to see. He uses this. What is this? What, no, what is this? It is a what? No, Professor Jaga can't even hear you properly. What is this? He uses it. He uses it so well. 
Once he uses it so well, he is going to win. Because I know of somebody, I know of a generation that loves to listen to the kind of stuff we are going to discuss that he is spewing out. So what is the message of the coronavirus then to the church? That's what I'm focused on now. Have you seen how deep it goes? So, last time, and today too, I came on air and just mentioned a hint of it. I said, these two prophets, they have been loaded with the judgments of the Lord. They are actually right now unleashing the judgments of the Lamb. Because remember, the scroll was with God the Father, containing the judgments of God the Father, that He has apportioned the bona fide. He has apportioned the Messiah. And so the Messiah breaks one seal, a particular set of judgments hit the earth. And these two prophets are standing there at the throne position, and the Messiah breaks, that's why you see the living creature come to them. That's why I have the full detail that you would only know if you go to heaven. Of each of the living creatures, what the Bible has not inscribed, what is left for revelation, left for this prophet when he comes. So, do you then understand the tight, very, very tight coordinates, tight riveting, tight relationship that this prophet has with the Messiah and has the four living creatures and has the Lord. You know, God the Father comes to visit him. But I'm just trying to bring this axis of the Messiah. The relationship between these two prophets and the Messiah. Huh? Are we together? Because they have been loaded with the wrath of the Messiah, the same lamb. But let's look at this now. He says that don't worry in chapter 5. Don't weep. We have somebody that will open. He's able to take the scroll and open his seals and release the prophetic timeline in there, the judgments of God in there, to the earth. And he says, the lion of the tribe of Judah has triumphed, so don't weep. But when it comes out to unleashing the wrath, it is the lamb, not the lion. Do you see that? Have you seen that? No. He says, weep not. Because he said, I wept and wept. But he said, weep not. Because the lion of the tribe of Judah has already triumphed. The root of David. And he is able to take the scroll and break his seals and open it. To release forth certain cascades on the earth. But are you not amazed that now when you read, you come to the, to the, to the real event of opening the seals. Then it is the lamb. He said, when the lamb opened the first seal. Not the lion. I know he is the lion and the lamb, but I'm talking about the duty. It is now the lamb. That's why I said that these two prophets are now executing. They are striking the earth with the judgments of the lamb. The same lamb who gave you the grace, whom you love so much. Now look, unleashing the wrath. To who then? Do you understand? That's why I want to go with the message. To who? Why and to who? And why? Do you understand the message now? I'm getting closer to the instruction. To who is he unleashing the wrath? And what ought you to do? What ought it to be your comportment, your stance, 
your conduct at this hour of the coronavirus and the locusts and name it. You, you, you the church. You the church now. Yeah. That's why I said we can have food later. Just do me a favor, release your drivers. They go. They go to where they can stay. So that they are not dozing on the road. Right? Today already, I have one aircraft that fell from the sky. I'm not ready to have another accident, please. One is enough. I think that's enough. One is enough. That aircraft fell from the sky, and this bishop was in that aircraft. It slammed, it hit the, 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 the soil, and then he's here. He came out alive. I want those tuned to here. So he came out alive, and he got the next aircraft. He's here alive. Not even one scratch. But today his plane fell from the sky. How many times do you hear such a story? None. Probability is zero. Fatality is always 100%. Mm. So, so this is key. That's why I said, give me time. I know it's six o'clock, but just give me time, please. We, we, we believe you me, we are hungry. We, 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 have, we have come, we, we have come with, with empty stomachs and wide smiles to feast. But can we first have the word first? The instruction. When there is terror of coronavirus and the locust. But what is the message to the church and to the nations? Isn't this important? I'm, I'm glad we are live on air so the whole world can get to know them. So it will be easier for me. I don't have to do this again. But first of all, have you seen the tight riveting of the connection between this prophet and the Messiah? It's amazing when I was about to travel to Lima, Peru. And then, okay, I know that God the Father visits me and the Holy Spirit visits me like you saw in Kakamega, January 1, 2009 came down and lighted on me. But look, the whole world is waiting for the Messiah to come. Before I went to Lima, Peru, do you remember when the Lamb came to visit with me? And I was like, how do you get up and tell a world that is waiting for the Messiah that this night he came and he lay there and he fellowshiped with me? So let me give you the details I gave those of yesterday. The glorious Lamb of God. And then, even to, to, to the front legs touch, glory, glory, touching me like this, you know, to talk with me. And then after that, they, I've described all these things before anyway, and then came and lay on the feet, everything too glorious, and he pushed himself more to the feet, and then lay and fell asleep, fellowshipping, fell asleep. And then, do you remember the breathing? The breathing. <sighs> when I was feeling the breathing, the breathing, the breathing now, the breathing, the breathing. And also, to, to smell the smell of the lamb. You remember, I gave details. How do you tell the world that's waiting for the Messiah, that the Messiah came this night and visited with me? So these prophets are totally separated. They're totally separated on another axis. Their mission is very tight, tight with the Messiah, sent by God the Father, but they are executing the judgments of the Lamb. It is the Lamb that is breaking the seals and releasing the creature, and then the horsemen. Are you not surprised? Are you not surprised today that uh, this is the Antichrist? 
His name is deception. He brings falsehood. As we're going to see, this falsehood you see today in the church today is just the beginning of the grand falsehood that will happen when everybody will have to worship the Antichrist. I'm going to come to coronavirus, but allow me first handle the first seal. The coronavirus is the fourth seal, please. Allow me just handle this. Okay? Because you know when it will be dark here, so I cannot preach. Because of the neighborhood. But for now, let me finish so we can eat later. One going, my daughter. Are the burekas ready? Wow. Make me hungry. So, <laughs> your mom Wambogo is here. She's in shock. Now, this is very powerful message. Extremely. This is what the world is waiting for. Yeah, this is what they were waiting for. Are you not shocked at the tight relationship between this prophet and the Messiah? That when the Messiah now breaks the seal and it's time to release a certain judgment, he releases the first creature, that first seal and the first creature, and then the first horseman comes, and then now this prophet comes to the earth and pronounces it and strikes the earth with it. I'm going to go through, through all of them, the seals. But are you not also very shocked? That it is the Messiah. Until the Messiah breaks the seal, the Antichrist cannot come. Are you not shocked that it is the Messiah that sends the Antichrist to the world? And therefore, to who? To which type of people? Those who refuse to believe the truth. I. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. You understand where we're headed to? There is a message. And when the beginnings of bad pain are near, he doesn't want to be saying, be careful now. Be careful now. The Antichrist is about to take it over. But can I go stepwise? So I don't over jump the gun. Over jump the gun. Jump the gun. No. You cannot. Wow. What a place. <laughs> this is important. This one here is critical. Yeah. This is what the world is waiting for, that they may understand. Okay, you gave the prophecies, and it has come to pass, and it's devastating. You almost shut down the earth. But what is the message? What should we do then? This is it. This is it. This is the instructioning here. So, are you not shocked that it is the Messiah that actually breaks the first seal and then sends, he sends them the Antichrist. And that this prophet is at the very center of now striking the earth with him, of, of re releasing the Antichrist. Because he now comes to the earth and tells you what you are seeing in the throne and he pronounces it and the bar become realized. Oh yes, today you are going to wake up, right? But you have always known that these prophets are dreadful. But now today the reality is staggering, it's shattering. Because I thought there is a message you need to know from the virus. And many other plagues coming. The locust also. Because you can see them, they are prophesied, they are biblical. Then there has to be a message now. Are we ready? 
So, the white horse, white represents purity. And the bow stands for authority. Now you can write. White represents purity. Thank you, Tabitha, for writing. And so white stands for purity, holy, righteous. The bow stands for the authority. But he has no arrows. That means he's intending to come and for him to take victory, he must be so shrewd, so cunning, and so deceptive. I ask you, my daughter professor, what is this? He uses it well, right? <laughs> He's so shrewd, so cunning, so deceptive. He's going to take victory without firing one shot. Because there is somebody somewhere that likes listening to certain things. Because there is a generation somewhere that loves listening to beautiful things that move them, move the flesh like this. Oh, they believe, huh? Huh? You tell them this. Oh, I promise you a big vehicle. I promise you prosperity. A big home. A big car. A big water. A big visa. What? Oh, somebody loves it, son. So he's going to take victory without firing one shot. But it's the Messiah that sends him. I. But if you don't want the truth, then okay. Can I read further? I think it's better we read. Before the Antichrist, he opposes Christ. He is a conqueror bent on conquest, meaning he is assured of victory. Anti, anti, he is opposing Christ, he is counterfeit to Christ. So, tell me, if he is coming by, by, uh, by Onjoro from Bombay, my son, Professor Onjoro, if he is coming without an arrow, and he wants to take victory. And he's on a white horse. White says for purity. Wow, holy. And he wants to take it. The victory. Do you think he would have come in a black horse with black clothes? You would have just said, that, no, that's, you're, you're not. Because he has to use deception, cunning and shrewd. He would have to come dressed in white. White horse. So it can counter shade. In that way, it can get a few clients here and there, almost the whole earth. Oh! Get the whole earth. But it's amazing, like I said, that the Antichrist will not be revealed, will not be released, until the lamp breaks open the seal in heaven. Aye! And all these are the prophetic timeline of God that you've heard me say over time and again. Why does the Messiah send him? Can we read further? Matthew 24, right? Is somebody ready? Yes, Matthew 24. Time is running, so I need to move a little faster because once darkness comes, we need to start celebrating, right? I wish it was two days of celebrations. Will you come back next week? Let's do it next week too. Mm. Matthew, Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 24, I'm reading 4 to 5, Matthew 24, 4 to 5. He says, Jesus answered, 
Watch out, because they asked him, what are the signs that will mark the nearness? Oh, you are coming. You are coming. Give us the signs. Can you give us the secrets? Then he gave the secrets. Matthew 24 verse 4. He says, 4 and 5, he says, Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. Wow. Meaning the deceiver is? So if you are describing the characteristics of the Antichrist, number one, he is a deceiver. He says, watch out. Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. Did you hear that now? So when you look at the events of Revelation chapter 6, the breaking of the seals that I've been involved in, personally, physically involved in, at the throne position of God, at the throne of God, at the center of the throne of God. If you look at those events lined up in Revelation chapter 6, defining the chronology, the timeline of God, and you look at the ones Jesus revealed in Matthew 24, they tally, they parallel very well. They sharp, sharp tally. Hallelujah. It was important to do this. Yeah. Then he says, because today 15 lambs have been slaughtered, isn't it? So, there is food, don't worry. But let's first have the word, this food here, the spiritual food. This is the food that lasts. So now, you have seen that the first seal is broken and the Antichrist is the one he releases. The deceiver. And you know he's not going to be revealed until, can we read about that? Next, I'm now reading the book of Second Thessalonians chapter 2. It's important to open the truth to bishops because they might give it to somebody out there. This is powerful. With all my heart I give it. That's why I had to, I, I, I had, no, I normally had to give it because when I start giving I have to give the entire. However long it takes. For, for hating it or for liking to do it? For, oh, for the giving part. Okay. <laughs> no, yes. Then he says, 2 uh, Thessalonians chapter 2. I'm reading, I'm quite one, I'll pick a few verses here and there. Beginning of verse 3 says the following. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 3. It says, Do not let anyone deceive you in any way. For that day will not come until the rebellion occurs. And the man of lawlessness is revealed. The one doomed to destruction. That is very powerful. We know that the Messiah will destroy him with the breath of his mouth. He will be destroyed. Look at that now. Hmm? He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God and is worshipped. So that he sets himself up in the temple proclaiming himself to be God. Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you about these things? And now you know what is holding him back, so that he may be revealed at the proper time. Verse 7. The secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who holds him back still will continue to do so till the day he is taken out of the way. We know that's the Holy Spirit for whom the church is the vessel. That means that rapture, that, that happens. The, the Holy Spirit is taken away. And then he only remains with this one talking to you here. Right? Uh, is anyone a child about that still? Verse 8. 
And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is in accordance with how Satan works. He will use all sorts of displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie. And all the ways that wickedness deceives those who are perishing. Do you understand the people he sends them to? He sends them to those who are perishing. And you and I know that to those who are perishing, the gospel of the cross is foolishness. And for us it is power. Thank you. He says, they perish because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. For that reason, for this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion. Do you understand the, the first seal? A powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie. And so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. Did you understand that this, do you now understand whom he sends the Antichrist to? Was he sending him to you? Not at all. Not at all. In fact, when he is going to be revealed, when the tribulation begins like this, when finally is revealed like this, you are out of here. You are not here. So this is very powerful. He's saying that there are those that love lies. They sit in churches of prosperity at this hour. They are being lied to. So a seed for your crippled walk. So a seed and by this miracle. They, 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 false prophets. They sit under the teachings of false prophets. They sit under the teachings of the false apostles. And in so doing, he's saying, this lie you see here today is just, the coronavirus is here. The beginning of birth pains is near. This lie you see in the church. Deception and falsehood. False apostles. False prophets. The gospel of money. Do this and that. That falsehood you see them buying into is just about to blow up full extent in the tribulation, in the great tribulation, when they will have to worship the beast. It's about to get worse. Did somebody understand me today? It was important I came. It was important. Yeah. It was important. Yeah. And he says, we've read it all through. Revelation chapter 13. Okay? Now we're beginning to, un- to unveil the, the, the first seal and the one sent. Right? When the first seal is broken. I was standing before the throne of God on that day. Yeah? So I know every detail. But now look. Bishop Carol Remo, I used to be with us. Thank you. Hallelujah. There's so much in front of me here, I don't even have time to finish. But uh, uh, I said we need to go to Revelation chapter 13. Chapter 13, I'll read two verses alone. I'll read 13, 14. Revelation chapter 13. If you have time, read all through, but because of time, I'll read only 13, 14. Revelation chapter 13, 13, 14, he says the following. And it performed great signs, even causing fire to come down, come down from heaven, to the earth in the full view of the people. Who is it that causes, is calling fire from heaven? It is this prophet. And that fire is called the fire of Elijah. So he's saying that when the false prophet comes, that's why these prophets have to confront them. When, oh, they already started by confronting the false apostles, false prophets. You can see, you can tell. It's going to climax, the confrontation, the clash. But anyway, the false prophet that comes when the church has been taken away, when you people will not be here, 
that false prophet counterfeit. He also at the calls fire from heaven, do things. Eh? Did you understand the deception that was released upon the first seal? And to who? To those who are perishing, who refuse the truth. They believe the lie. They accept the lie. They are comfortable with it. Now he says, okay, the delusion. He sent them a grand delusion. There you go now believe that. Again, I'm talking about Revelation chapter 13, verses 14, 13, 14. It says, it performed great signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to the earth in full view of the people. Because of the signs it was given power to perform on behalf of the first beast, it deceived, this is the false prophet, it deceived the inhabitants of the earth, it ordered them to set up the images in honor of the beast who was wounded with a sword and yet resurrected, lived, for the wound was healed. The second beast was given power to breathe upon the image of the first beast so that the image speaks and causes those who refuse to worship the image to be killed. And it says, it also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive the mark on their heads, on the right hand rather, and on their foreheads, so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark which is the name of the beast and the number of his name. Did you understand something here? That the Messiah resurrects and the whole earth rejects him. The Messiah does resurrect and then the whole earth rejects him. But the beast with the wounded fatal wound, meaning he died from it, resurrects from the sea and the whole earth Believes him to the extent that the whole earth now worships the beast. The deception that is sent, the deceiver that is sent when the first seal is broken. Are we together? This is very important for you to understand, especially that we've entered into the beginnings of birth pain, where now the coronavirus is beginning to do things that you know very clearly will be done at a grandier scale in the great tribulation by these two prophets. Do you remember the exchange gifts upon the death of me in Jerusalem? Why? Because they say these two prophets have tormented the earth so much. They strike with plagues. Look at some of the plagues I pronounced recently. Whereby people run and close doors. It's by wind, I think dust also. It's getting to you and boils and painful boils. One is so big with an eye. The eye is darkish and collapses and the fluid pours and that fluid is infectious. So it affects all the other sides. So, so you see the, the, the red, red painful dot swellings, the small ones coming up now boils and you cannot touch water with your body. And when you lie on the bed, the, the whole skin remains. So can you imagine how they torment the earth? So when you see this virus of corona taking place, the coronavirus, which I prophesied, which I struck the earth with, it can only tell you that this is going to happen even greater in the tribulation, in the great tribulation. And so he's saying these are the beginnings of back pain. The church is about to be taken away. Are you understanding the messaging system? The messaging of the Lord? Are you understanding what the Lord is saying? In that beautiful suit of yours, eh? Kula kitambabo sana. So, eh? He's saying Beginnings of bad pain Soon the church is about to go 
I, I wanted to get to this. Can you, can you allow me to be chronological? Instead of jumping the gun all the time. Hmm? I see even my daughter, Bishop Catherine from Alcalao, she's not liking it when I keep jumping the gun. Eh? <laughs> Hi. This is amazing. The delusion, the lie. And they believe that. The whole earth worships the beast. Huh? Even Israel believes him. That's why in the midway, now within the great tribulation, then these prophets confront, there's a big clash. Because they go and reveal, no, this is not the Messiah. The Lord is the Messiah. And then because of that, that the Mess- because, because now the Hebrew people, their eyes open, they now want to refuse to worship the abomination of the desolation. Then now the Antichrist turns around, he wants to kill them. That's why they flee. In fact, there is a valley they flee to. I don't have time to read all this. They flee to, and it's believed it's around somewhere Petra. There is a cave somewhere. I don't want to say things. You understand? Where they are all taken. A place prepared for them, Revelation 12, by God, prepared for her and her children, and none of them is touched. You understand? But the involvement of these two prophets. You can tell them, no, this is not the Messiah. This is the anti, this is the counterfeit. Do you understand why they give testimony and witness for God? Even when all systems have collapsed, the whole earth, there will be many churches on the earth. Many churches will be there on the earth. They will be worshipping. But they will be worshipping the beast, the devil. And that's why these two prophets will be striking the earth with plagues such that nobody can come out of their house and go worship. Either you worship the Lord or you stay home. Do you see what's happening right now? It will happen in a bigger scale. They will strike with diseases that you, you, even if they tell you go worship, you will refuse, you don't want to worship. Do you remember in Mexico? When they went to strike the land with the earthquake, and then after that they rang the bells. They said, come worship now. Come quickly and worship. It's time to worship. Come let us worship now. So they will strike the earth with plagues worse than the coronavirus. This one is a simple one. The beginning of birth pains, but almost shut down the earth. Now. And then, he is now telling them in China, okay, now go worship. Go worship now your Hinduism, your Buddhism, and whatever. Go, 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 I want, go now and worship. Nobody wants to come out. They come to fight for the Lord. But this is very powerful, the messaging system here. You're beginning to understand the message. And to whom the, 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 the deception was sent, right? But he goes on to say, Revelation 13, we've read that. Second Corinthians 11. Are you ready to read the Bible? That's why I told uh, uh, my daughter, uh, uh, Sina Macharia, I said, please just hang in there. I know the pressure is much. Pressure is much. I understand. It's big pressure. It's much. But please, you're bottled up. But please. Just hang in there. <laughs> yeah, because you have a whole battalion behind you there. They are saying, we, we, we are ready to work. <laughs> battalion is the word, right? So, Second Corinthians chapter 11. We will celebrate the visitation of the cloud of God. But it's important to understand that even as you celebrate, this celebration here should be beneficial, should culminate into your entry. Right? And he's saying, 
The book of First Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13, 15. I'm reading real quick. It says, "Judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a woman to pray to to go? Oh, no, 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 no. Second Corinthians. Oh, I keep jumping the gun, eh?" Kurusha Bunduki. <laughs> no, you are the one doing, you are the commander of the big guns. So, um, you're saying, Second Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 to 15, I said, right? Once I get it, I'll read it. I begin 12. And I'll keep on doing what I am doing in order to cut the ground under those who want the opportunity to be considered equal with us in the things they boast about. Verse 13. For such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself, himself masquerades as an angel of light. Did you understand the first seal? It is not surprising then if his servants, servants of that seal, the one who is released, the Antichrist, servants of Satan, no wonder it is not surprising then if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness their end will be what their actions deserve do you understand the breaking of the first seal yeah and he's sending them to those who buy into the deception buy into the lie they are bought into it they love it in fact there are churches in this world today where it is written at the door we, I mean in the, even at the door but it's written in the, in the house inside they say we we are about money if you are not about money don't come here and we, yeah openly yes they're in Nigeria yes so even in Kenya they must be there. So, such that, when, when you enter, they, they, they say, uh, right now, since we have preached such a powerful message, uh, someone, I think he preaches, and then someone jumps on board, and says, right now, when this ground is still hot, I need some ten, let us say a quick seed on this one. You understand? A quick seed. So, you find people reactionary. The flesh jumps like this, adrenaline and everything jumps. The hair stands. You find women running, leaving slippers at their seat, running with a check like this. Say, so who wants to sow in this holy, in this lady? Not holy, but. <laughs> in, in this hot ground, eh? This hot ground. So, you see people running, writing checks and doing like this. Sometimes standing, he's preaching, he's preaching, and a woman is standing without slippers. She has moved already with her Bible, and she's pointing a check at him. They love that type. If you remove them from that church, they will not survive. They will just go back to that church. Those who have believed the lie and have loved it. If they come here and there is no sowing of seeds, oh no, 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 no. They believe I need to sow something. I know the Bible talks about that. But the deception that has accompanied it causes you, compels you to separate from it for the sake of posterity. Your future. They love where I, I need to pay something so I can get something. They love that. They are bought into it. They have inculcated and inbuilt it into their systems. So it's so difficult to remove them and teach them another game. And for them now, he sends delusion. He breaks the first seal and sends to them those that are perishing. They perish because they deny the truth. They refuse it. They don't want to hear the gospel of the cross. The cross and the blood, the old rugged cross is too boring for them. 
is too old, is too, they want a modern thing when somebody comes up and gives a good story how he blessed somebody and somebody walked towards an airport and he just found somebody calling him an airport. Where are you? Where are you? What is it? What have I done? Come to the airport. Why? What have I done? Come quickly. He had sown, he says he has sown a big seat somewhere, right? And then someone just called him, which airport should I come? Please come straight to Jomakinata, please. But what is this? What are you doing to me? No, don't worry, just come to me. Eh? Ati, because he saw the big seed, Ati, when he goes there, that he sees someone just with a, a key to a jet, and the jet is parked. Aye! They love that kind of narrative to the extent that now if you try to remove them the truth, they cannot survive. They cannot, they, you find them just going back. And that's why he says, because they now believe the lie, he sends them the grand delusion. He breaks the first seal and sends the Antichrist to them. I, this message is too long, I may never finish. Do you want me to finish it or what? I think I should try. It's so powerful in front of us here. Because I need to get the second seal, third seal and the fourth one where the coronavirus is. So that now we talk about the message. Why the stock markets are also collapsing. Why is it that every system is collapsing? Because you see that the fourth horseman, he has sovereignty. He does not control. He does not operate in a controlled jurisdiction like the first one, the second one, as we're going to see, the third one. The fourth one now brings everything on board. And you see the interaction that I have with that horseman also. When he comes and is released, if I stand before the throne, and the lamp breaks the seal right inside the throne, I'm standing inside the throne, and he releases this, the, 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 the fourth creature, and he releases that fourth horseman, but because it's very huge, he now kneels down. Remember? Then I touch the face, the, the pale horse, the one that brings this death here, the terror of death, he's the king of death. He's called the king of death. And remember, his eyes are sunken and rotten? And they're flowing rotten blood. Then he, he has tied this turban that is waving like this, folded but going up, down, and the other one interweaving opposite, and it become a turban behind. It has a ponytail. And it's just amazing that this prophet that actually stops him has the power to stop him. But also it's very important to understand that all of them are operating under the authority and power they are given. So they are permitted by the Lamb. They cannot go outside their jurisdiction or permission. So however horrendous, if you believe in Christ, you should be celebrating that deliverance is near. Deliverance is near. Hallelujah. So there's so much here I need to give, but time is not on my side, right? It's almost 7 o'clock. What do we do now? No, 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 because neighborhood. So, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Let's see now. Genesis chapter 3. Hmm? Still talk about the first seal, Professor Ambula. My blessed daughter. Oh, how powerful. Powerful daughter. With Professor Njagi sitting there and Professor Okachi. Oh, these mighty professors and Giteko decorating the ministry of God, right? In a mighty way. <laughs> powerful. They follow, they read Professor Masinde is here. Joseph Masinde. Huh? Chairman of department, right? Very powerful here right now, right? Isn't it? Huh? You guys came to decorate it, Masinde, right? Very powerful. Thank you, my son. Thank you so much. But you see now, the Lord raised you very big, right? So, it says the book of, uh, the book of Genesis, rather. The book of Genesis, chapter 3. Because just to understand the first seal. We're still on the first seal. The deceiver that he sent out. Okay? 
Genesis chapter 3, I'm reading verse 1 to 13, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty and cunning than any of the wild animals God had made. Aye! He's not going out with arrows, right? He only has a bow. But say he will eat a meal, he will even be escorted with 3,000 bob, and they, <laughs> and they will be crying, please don't go. <laughs> No, do you understand his genesis? He was more crafty and cunning and shrewd. He did not fire anything. He says here, Now the serpent was more crafty and cunning and shrewd than any of the wild animals the Lord God made. He said to the woman, Did God really say to you that you must not eat from any tree in this garden? How can you pervert it like that, right? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat the fruit, eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. Verse 4. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. <laughs> For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will open, and you know you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Look at that lie. Eh? When the woman saw that the fruit was good for was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate. She also gave the husband. Tell me one thing: was that really what God said? Is that the God's way of getting wisdom? No. God's way of getting wisdom says obedience and the fear of God. Look at how he perverts. He's more crafty and cunning. He's good at stories. At a bigger two story, Mpaka Ugali Tangia. Akimaliza one, he starts with another sweeter one. No, 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 no. Eh, obus manengeni. That fish you are cooking, Mutatoa. Mutatoa. Mutakula pamoja. Oh, yes. You will eat it together with him. He will start another story. He's so cunning, he's so crafty. Until he got the woman to believe the lie. Until she now saw and she loved it. And she went now, wow, forgetting wisdom. But we know that the Lord told us that only through the fear of God. Shall we get wisdom? Higher wisdom, the wisdom of God. Right? So where does she get all this from? Right? Hallelujah. Shrewd. Cunning. His ways are shrouded with lies and what? And hidden and concealed. And he's very cunning. Eh? And crafty and deceptive. Right? And he goes on to say, When the woman saw the fruit was good, fruit of the tree was good for food and pleased into the eyes, and also desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some of it and ate. And she gave to her husband. Who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both were opened and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. That time where is he? That time where is the one who has deceived you? The deceiver, look, look now. That time the deceiver who has lied to you. Look. Look. 
this bastard if I catch him I'll destroy him mpeja wa nambari apatikani kwa sasa he has lied to you you have entered sexual sin he has infected you or you are pregnant or whatever you are now abortion or whatever now he has switched off his phone that time he was talking great things to you in that pub or whatever it was say so, oh we will buy a car we will live together what have you they lies shrewd cunning deceptive full of deception yeah and then you are trying to reach him now the doctor has just told you things and he said i can't believe you switched off his phone if i catch him eh? but tomorrow he's going to pass here with another woman right in front of your eyes yeah yeah to let you know that he lied to you hey ah the message of the hour the first seal i know <laughs> no this is bad we need to be smarter than this you have to be smarter you have to see the coronavirus and understand that the deceiver is about to come in and this deception is about to climax is about to take charge and the whole earth will believe him so for you prepare for rapture prepare to live can you let me continue because there is a message in front for the church hallelujah oh yes hallelujah hmm hey what are you picking is muni ama nini Nisumuni Oni hela oh muzmai <laughs> no because they have holes eh they're beautiful so let's move on now and then look at what happens consequences are here now huh the man and his wife heard the sound of the lord god as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the lord god among the trees of the garden they are now separated from god look at that now huh But the Lord God called out to man, "Where are you?" He answered, "I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked so I hid." And he said, "Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree I commanded you not to eat from?" The man said, "This woman did this." The woman said, "The serpent did what?" You know, now, now things have gone helter skelter. Mm, things have gone moribund. Hey wire. You can't reach the person. Mtejo wa nambari hapatikani kwa sasa. Tafadhali anaweza patikana kesho lakini sio leo. And that time is very far away. He's making mileage. <laughs> and you're like, I can't believe he's going to deceive somebody else also. Hmm? That's very serious. Look at the tragedy. So he's saying that is the genesis of deception. He was already there. He's very crafty, very cunning, very shrewd. He does not need an arrow. Because there's somebody that can buy the lie, who can look and love and last with his eyes or her eyes. Once she lasts, he can sell that idea to her like in the garden. He's so shrewd. He only changes script a little bit like this. Hi. Abana. First Corinthians, second Corinthians uh, chapter 11 as i finish up because i'm only trying to identify to you the nature of he that is coming that when you see the coronavirus what is it that should be ringing within your spiritual clock that i need i need to get out of here i need to prepare and get out of here it's going to get worse 
and you get out of here. The Antichrist is about to come. Yeah. The spiritual aspect is more important. Within the terror of the virus, people are terrified. Nations are shut down, locked down. Can you imagine Japan, the busy Japan? Busy, busy. It's an industry country, industrialized electronics and what software, everything. Aircraft parts are made there, everything. Can you imagine to shut down totally yesterday, today also? Even children don't go to school. Universities are shut down. Even Iran. Iran, how many provinces join? 14 provinces shut down universities, everything. Nobody allowed to meet. Even today in Iran, mosques were not allowed to meet. Why? This is serious. Yes, so in the height of that, what ought you to do? What ought you to perceive and receive? What is your instruction? That's what I'm dealing with here. The deceiver is coming. The seals are being broken. Oh, I wish I could... Uh, oh, Jesus Christ, I will do this thing, right? I need to finish this thing today. And he says, Second Corinthians, I said, right? Second Corinthians chapter 11. Is anybody having a nice day here? Because the, the, the 15 lambs have been slaughtered. They've been well marinated and they're being roasted. The barbecue is on. And the chicken tikka is ready. The Israeli cheesebreakers are ready. Everything is good shape. The cocks are about to flow like rivers here. But, can we first have this word feast? So that at the end of this celebration you enter heaven. The kingdom of God. Oh, I can't believe I've said this globally. Now, I guess that's just me. So now, <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3 says the following. But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. You see, just like the deceiver did it to Eve, now the offspring of Eve also are susceptible. They are vulnerable to the deception of the deceiver. Hallelujah. Oh yes. What a message. Yeah. I tell you. John chapter 8. Are you there with me? John chapter 8 as we finish up with the deceiver and go to the second. Remember the second seal is still there. Ah. Wait, wait, wait. John chapter 8. Verse 44. John 8, 44. He says the following. You belong to your father the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he does speak, and he speaks his native tongue, his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. Did you understand the first seal? The deception that comes. Is somebody with me? Yes. Comes to deceive the church. I don't know. Do I? Do I? Because we need to. It's getting late. What do I do? Can I finish the first seal alone? If you, if you don't mind. 
please, please allow me finish the first seal and then we can continue next time. Next week I'll do this again. Oh, I know you have so many patients to operate on transplant patients. Are you able? You'll be able to work out things. Eh? May the Lord bless you indeed for doing so. And you have so many, I know. You'll make it. Eh? Just come, just come next week, so I can continue. This is beautiful, beautiful. It's called a beauty. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Let me let me continue because I, I need I, I need to make mileage. Second Timothy. Second Timothy. What a word. No, you're the ones who like in the meetings who stand up and say, oh, what a word. <laughs> no, the Lord is coming. You need to know why the coronavirus has shut down the earth. How worse then will it be in the other dispensation? So you need to get out of here, right? Yes. Second Timothy, blessed people. Second Timothy and those tuned in at home. Second Timothy chapter four verses three to four. I begin to read. Second Timothy chapter four, three to four. It says the following For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around a great they will gather around to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head, you, you keep out of there. Did you understand why he sends to them? He breaks the first seal in front of this prophet and sends the first creature and then releases the first horseman who is white, with a white horse to, to, to counterfeit, to lie, to deceive people that he is the Christ. But in the great tribulation, he will really make mileage because people will really believe, including Israel, and worship him. And then these two prophets will begin a battle. They will begin a serious battle against him. But he's saying that these days we live in, people have hewn themselves for themselves a kind of religion and faith where they hate the truth, they can't put up with the truth. They now love things that are deceiving and beautifully said to each their flesh, the gospel of the flesh, Evangelio del Mundo, the gospel of the world. That is sweet to the flesh. That when you talk like this, it tingles the ear. Somebody feels itching and uh, shake a bit, huh? right? <laughs> I tell you, you and he moving crowds. He walk around and say something, and then someone just walk towards him and throw fifty dollars at his feet, eh? or five thousand dollars, whatever the thing is. People walk with money towards them and throw it to them, right? Oh! He said, "These are the days he was talking about in Second Timothy." Hmm? He said, "These days, and they will not like truth." No, 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 no. And because they don't like truth and reject truth, then he breaks the first seal and this prophet is loaded. He comes down and strikes them with it. So there you go, the grand delusion. To those who are perishing that reject the truth. Aye? What a time. <laughs> Amazing. No, let me move on, Bonadisi. Bonalitunda. I know Mama Kezia is tuned in now. She's hearing me call you. So now, Matthew 24. <laughs> no, because I'm always real to life, right? Matthew 24. 
As I finish, this liar, the deceiver that is sent when the first seal is broken. Ah, I tell you. Matthew 24. That is the message you ought to be understanding now. When you see the virus is beginning to shut down the world, then you are just a moment. The Antichrist is about to take it over. Because things will get so bad. Look, it's shaking the economies, shutting down schools, flights cannot go, people struggle to reside, which nationalities cannot come where. It will be a state of disorder and the world will begin to cry for a savior, for some men to stand up and take charge. The world will demand for the Antichrist. It's just these beginnings now. Already the stock markets are tumbling, all of them. The virus, coronavirus, coronavirus. Every stock market, it crashed, it crashed, pointing downwards. Coronavirus, coronavirus. Affecting the economy that big, which means jobs. People can't go to work. How about if somebody now comes who is very shrewd, who will even be able to go to Israel? You'll be able to sit with Israel and tell them, look now, what do you want from this side? Palestinians, what do you want? So Israel, can we cut something small and give them, and then they'll cut for you this, and powerful deal together, seal a peace treaty, right? He's very cunning and shrewd. He's going to do a calculus of deception and coin forth a peace treaty with them. Don't you understand? He has to be a leader, eh? because the crown you see him having at the throne of God there, is he a heavenly leader? No, a world leader. That crown means world leader. A leader of the world. He cannot lead him. This is a liar. That's a world leader. A world leader that has such skill, he doesn't need the arrows. He will be so, he, he will use what? This is called what? What is it for? What is it for? For talking and speaking. <laughs> for lies. He will use it to lie. He will use it to lie and shrewd and cunning and smart and what and will be able to bring together and coin a peace treaty together. And then the other moment you realize you're worshipping him and in the process the dragon. And that's where the clash will come in. Because then you will build the tribulation temple. And if you look at the current design of the temple, the dome of the rock and so forth, maybe there's just sufficient room somewhere to build another temple so that the two now can agree and seal a deal. And that's when this prophet comes in now with a rod to go measure the worship in there. Yeah, that is the apostasy, the tribulation temple, right? The apostate temple. The apostate temple that worships the beast. When you people have gone, there's a lot of work ahead there, right? Hallelujah. And that's why these two prophets will strike the earth with plagues. So see who will come out now to go worship. Yeah. Oh, yes. You, 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 you were not alarmed when you saw them too. Once in a while, someone's walking around, and then you realize hey, there are two. One appears, eh? one, one is in the spiritual form, and then one is always again very elusive. And then at one, at will, he shows himself a bit. And uh, you, you were not alarmed. You thought it was a joke. When God, the Holy Spirit, came down to identify them, was it a joke? When the glory came from heaven through the sun, live video, walking with him like this, like this, you were not alarmed. You thought there were your brothers and sisters walking around here to laugh with you here forever? No. There is duty. There is duty unto the Lord. Yes. And for them to operate from the throne room like this, with the creatures and tightly with the lamb, and to be able now to deliver the judgments of the lamb, that close, and then come back and blend perfectly with men like this, that is a problem. 
because of the flesh of men. They try to blackmail them, defame them, slander them, mock them, ridicule them, and that will be when you cross the, the, the red line, the irretrievable zone, where you cannot be redeemed. No, no man can redeem you from there. Yes, even they cannot remove you from there. You have crossed the line. Do you remember? Standing like this. And he puts a lot of lockers. He was quite far. And then all of a sudden, caught up very close. And then did this. Put a lot of lockers. And then he said, whole country. Yeah. Whole country. The serious face. Angry. Whole country. And then he said, because they touched you. Whole country. And then did like this. That I can see you are trying to compose yourself and continue the mission, but they have abused you. You thought that was a joke. Look at the kind of locust. Biblical proportion. Unbelievable. So let's finish the first seal and then we'll continue with the others. Let's move on. Matthew chapter 24. Are you ready? Verse 9. Matthew 24 verse 9, he says the following. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated by all the nations because of me. So he's talking about Israel, but he's talking about the church also. You also have this in your own dimension. But Israel too, right? Where the Jewish people will be hated also, but the church, even you, the world does not love you. Look at the blackmail these two prophets have suffered. For raising cripples. For bringing God, I don't know why Randy doesn't light up these things. Uh, for bringing God to you, something that has not happened since the Bible was written, only happened way back thousands of years. Bringing God now blackmailed. The, no, since when did God use a sinner to raise a cripple, or to call him to come, or to be glorified in a thinking like that? Oy! But it's just because the generation is wicked. This is what is being prophesied here. Right? Daniel chapter 9. Because there's a very important prophecy of the Antichrist I'm running into before we finish. Daniel chapter 9. Real quick because of time. Daniel 9. Daniel 9. Otherwise when I switch off the microphones, those who are tuned in on radio will not get this. Daniel chapter 9. There's a very important prophecy of the Antichrist that I want to touch. Once I touch that, I can finish the first seal. Just finish up with it. Wow. Okay, Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. I read the following. Daniel 9, 27. I'm running to a prophecy somewhere here in front of us. 27 says, He will confirm a covenant with many for seven years. In the middle of the seven, he will put an end to the sacrifice and offering, the grain offering, other versions. And at the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. Did you understand what I meant by his cunningness? He will be able now to set up the seven year peace treaty with Israel. Okay, can I give more details? Look at this now. In this very mighty, mighty vision, one of those visions when the Lord brings me face to face with the Antichrist. The church is in front of me here. They are dressed holy long like this. They are holy. And then at the junction, the church is ruptured. In fact, when I was going to the church, when I just get 
Contact like this, they were ruptured. And then the news, the radios began to announce. People went to look for their loved ones. Some went to police, some went to radio. So there was a lot of announcement of radio. And then there's this particular radio that I heard announcing. Say, no, the rapture has happened. So people are asking on that radio, is it really true that the rapture has happened? The people have been taken. While people are looking for their loved ones, going to, 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 to police stations, to everywhere. But then there's now the radio stations. And the, this particular radio station, I even see right now. I see those two, they are two broadcasters at that station. I see them. They are men too. They are now enlightening the world. No, 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 no. It is the rapture that has happened. And people have been taken. Don't think something has happened to your people. They have been taken. Because they only found the clothes remaining here on the soil. The surgeon who was performing surgery, the clothes just remained in the theater. And the other patient, wow, if you was holy, that's good. Right? The pilot, the captain who was piloting an, piloting an aircraft with his very holy and uh, there are 530 people crossing the Atlantic Ocean. And then he was taking his clothes and heart remained in the cockpit. If the other, if the first officer is not holy enough, then he takes control. But if both were devoted Christians, that's it. Many accidents will take place. Because vehicles keep rolling like this. The person has ruptured. So, he's, so, so then, when I gained contact with the church like this, she was taken up. And then on my left, on my left is a supermarket. It's a mall, a shopping mall. And people were buying things, but they were checking the mark of the beast before you buy. So I see the tellers. And there's this particular woman that the Antichrist, okay, the Antichrist, I know he will also be a military leader. Let me give you that for free. Apart from being a world leader, he was a military leader. Because I see his heart. And, uh, Ngano, Ngano, Ngano is the highest rank, right? The design, the decoration on the front of the heart of the military people. Ngano, Ngano, the heart, the front part of the heart. The, yeah, like a flag, like Ngano, the decoration. That design of the senior officers of the army. I see on his heart. And he's asking this woman. So the Lord brings me there. He's asking her, didn't I see you pastoring a church somewhere? So no, 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 no. I've never pastored a church. No, that's somebody else. No, no, that must be somebody else. And the Lord made me know this woman is a pastor. And she really rejected Jesus. Then she was told, okay, that's all right. Now, then she went, she got a mark of the beast, and she went and she shopped. She, and then I see her, clear, the, the tills go this side. The, 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 the tellers. So she's praying at the tills and they go this way with the other people. Pastors will reject Christ. Because of the kind of horrendous vicky tribulation that will hit the earth. If you read the book of Daniel chapter 12 verse 1 It says like has never happened Since the beginning of the nations Until then everybody focus on me now Beginning of nations But we are very much aware of the judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah He's saying That's nothing If you think about the tribulation But we are aware that during the days of Noah Except the whole world say That is nothing He's saying like has never happened from the beginning of nations until then. It will be worse than all of the above. Did you understand me now? There is a message. 
when you see the coronavirus, there is a message for the church. And I need to continue this someone later. Can I finish the first seal? Hmm? It is unbelievable. But now, let us see. Revel- uh, I mean, the, uh, Daniel chapter 8. Are you ready? Daniel chapter 8. Let's look at this prophecy. Verses 23-26. Prophecy of the Antichrist coming. He says, In the latter part of their reign, when rebels have become completely wicked, a fierce-looking king, a master of intrigue, will arise. Can you imagine? A master of what? Did I hear somebody here? A master of what? Hey, you're not talking. You mean you, you, you are so badly off like that that we may, can we serve the Israeli breakers first before? You don't even want it at all today. Okay, I'll mark your name. I'll tell them to mark. <laughs> you said for now you want the word. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, my daughter. The master of intrigue. A master, maestro, a master of intrigue. That's how he is classified. The prophecy that speaks about the Antichrist. The first seal broken and he is released. He says, huh? a master of intrigue, he says, in the latter part of their reign, so he's talking about now towards the end of the tribulation, now entering the great tribulation, uh, you see, the end of their reign, when the rebels have become Completely wicked, a fierce looking king, a master of intrigue will arise. He will become a very strong, he will become very strong, but not by his own power. You know that, right? He will be given power. First of all, he is limited in his jurisdiction, but you see, he is given the authority of the enemy, the dragon. Right? His authority, his power, and his throne. Three things, if you read the book of Revelation, right? Revelation chapter 13, right? Hmm? But anyway, even the Messiah controls how much they can unleash. You see that? He will destroy those... Sorry, sorry. He will cause astounding devastation and will succeed in whatever he does. Going out as a conqueror bent on conquest. Meaning I'm not taking anything less than victory. And I'm not yet ready to fire just one dart. One arrow, no. What is this for? The tongue, for speaking. For speaking. It was made for what? For speaking. Atakunyo uji ya sanina hapo? Lunch ya sanane unusa atakula na samaki ili metoko river? Kwa lake? And then dinner atakula hapo. Alafu. To, to, to 10 p.m. when he's going, uh, this day's time runs. Uh, you, you feel you don't want to release him. <laughs> no, you have to escort him with 3,000 bob because he has already told you. My indiguni amoja, one sack of maize. But he has told you, I was going to get this woman who gave birth the hospital locked there. I had only 2,000. If you had me six, I can be able to remove her. He says many things. And he's not going to that hospital. He's only using what? The tongue. For what? Speaking. Hallelujah. When you see the coronavirus, that is it. <laughs> that is it. He is coming. 
So the church ought to prepare. This is the message of the coronavirus. When it shut down, there's a lockdown in China. China is a giant. Can you imagine that these two prophets have shut down China? At one point, more than 780 million people shut down. Eh? That's almost a billion at one go in one country. Eh? And now every country has. They don't even know how people have contracted it. Some people don't have proper links with China. In those who have been infected. And so he talks big things here. Hmm? I say, eh? He will become very strong, but not by his own power. He will cause astounding devastation and will succeed in whatever he does. He will destroy those who are mighty, the holy people of God. That is Israel and also the church. Those who fail to enter the rapture. Right? If you try to worship Christ like this, you will be beheaded. Right? Hmm? He will cause deceit to prosper. Did you hear that? And he will consider himself superior. When they feel secure, he will destroy many and take his stand against the prince of princes, the prince of peace, the lord of lords, king of kings. He will take a stand against him. Yet he will be destroyed, but not by human hands, except by the sword, the breath of the Messiah when the Messiah comes. Did you see the prophecy of the, of the Antichrist? This. He will come and destroy worship. So when you see the beginnings of birth pain and the coronavirus is threatening to shut down, these two prophets are threatening to shut down the whole earth with the first bout of the wrath, the judgments of the Lamb, you should be saying to yourself, Am I ready? Am I ready for rapture? Am I ready for entry? Am I holy? For without holiness, nobody will enter. What a message. At a time when now everything seems clear that we are going to slide with this into the tribulation. And the great tribulation. Ah. Jeremiah chapter 30. (coughs) We can read that later. So you see, he defines this as Jacob's trouble. I wanted to give you, can I, I'm trying to come now to hope. I'm trying to now give the message of hope. Because if you go to Jeremiah chapter 30, verses 7 to 10, let me read it. Jacob's trouble. Eh? Jacob's trouble. Jacob's what? Troubles. Manake, ata kwa kwa shida. Kwa kumkata mesia. Ay. Jacob's trouble. But the Lord will secure and save her. Save Israel. Yeah. Jeremiah chapter what? 30. Verses 7 to 10, for example, he says the following. How awful is that day? How awful that day will be? No other will be like it. It will be like a time of, it will be a time of trouble for Jacob. But he will be saved out of it. Very powerful. If you look at Revelation chapter 12, you see at the end of it he is saved. She goes to a place prepared for her with her children. And the serpent doesn't touch her, the dragon. Verse 80 says, In that day declares the Lord Almighty, I'll break the yoke of their necks, off their necks, and will tear off their bonds. No longer will the foreigners enslave them. So, why am I saying this? Why am I reading this in terms of Jacob's trouble? I'm reading this with a specific intention to you to bring it to your notice that anyhow, however terrible it will be, the tribulation, the great tribulation, however terrible it will be, it is not yours. 
It is not yours. You are supposed to be preparing for exit. You are supposed to be preparing for exit. First Thessalonians chapter 5. It is not yours. That's the good news, right? It is not yours. I. What a message. No, because we know that the 15 lambs have been roasted. And Macharia, my daughter Macharia is sitting under pressure. She's really bottled up. She's ready to go say, I gotta go, I gotta go. <laughs> the Israeli burekas have been roasted in the oven. Cheese burekas. Are you ready for it? But there is this feast here that when you celebrate here, you are also sure that you are going to heaven. Because it is very easy to be caught up in the terror of the moment of the coronavirus. Can you imagine the entire Hong Kong shut down total schools. Nobody went to school. They told them to avoid offices. Same thing Japan. Same thing the northern part of Italy. Same thing uh, Iran. M- many 14 what? 14 provinces what? Huh? That is not small. These prophets have struck the earth in a very severe, almost shut down the whole earth. But then now, it caused a panic, a terror in the whole earth. But now in this process he says, that there is a message. When you see this, you know that this is the beginning of bad pains. So you should prepare now for exit. And then he says, no, don't worry, this is not yours, this is Jacob's trouble coming. You just prepare for exit. Hallelujah. He says, First Thessalonians, I said, chapter 5, right? Verses 3 to 7, he says, he says, while people are saying peace, peace, and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly, as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. The complacency, you see, that's why I'm today removing you from complacency. Oh, it has not yet reached Kenya. Oh, it has not yet reached where? Oh, we were just peaceful. Oh, we are still meeting here. No, prepare. Things are bad. Prepare the way. Be holy. Be righteous. Be born again. Teddy Patrick's. Be born again, you people. And he goes on to say, But your brothers and sisters, But you brothers and sisters, (laughs) Are not in darkness. So that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep in the night, and those who get drunk, get drunk in the night. But we belong to the day. Let us be sober, putting on faith and love as breastplates and hope, the hope of salvation as helmet. For God did not appoint the church to suffer these things. For God did not appoint the church to suffer these tribulations, the great tribulations that are coming. You just prepare when you see the virus shutting down the earth. Just prepare and enter heaven on that day. May the Lord bless you. We'll continue with the seals later. Shalom to that. The Lord bless you. And I... I bless you eternally. You just stood up. Yes.
Daniel and uh, Diana, Jeff Diana, the two bishops, stood up shouting and clapping. Hallelujah, what a message.